people, this is episode 257 of Doing the Monkey. Uh, I'm recording a little bit at the beginning, uh, just to inform people that um, during this podcast, uh, there is a little bit uh, of a uh, an echo, uh, like a pre-echo of Ian uh, before he starts talking, which you can hear a little bit in the background. I have tried to clean it up as much as I can, but this is really the best that I can get it. Um, and, you know, it felt like a little bit... Uh, we really want to just kind of like bin the whole thing because it's not unlistenable. I've listened to to, to it through and uh, you, you kind of flow into it and you kind of get used to it. Uh, so hopefully if you're listening to it in earphones, it'll, it'll maybe sound a little bit better than it did uh, listening to it uh, on, on a laptop out there. Um, we'll have those ironed out by the next show, but it's just with sort of getting on to have um, three people and the four people on this show. Uh, there was just a little bit of sort of teething problems with the, the technical bits. So Hopefully it's not too annoying and doesn't stop you from being able to enjoy the wonderful show that we are about to present you. Uh, so thank you much for listening, guys. And as ever, um, we love uh, your support. And I really, really hope that you enjoy the show. It was a lot of fun to record. Thank you very, very much, guys. Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. and welcome, people, to episode two. 257 of Doing the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and I am joined again by one of my new co-hosts. Hi, it's Becky. Uh, Ian's not with us yet. Um, he's um, currently just applying some moisturising cream to his nards because he's he's waxed them earlier, but apparently it's really hard for him to sit down at the moment. So um, <laughs> if our listeners would like to, um, when you listen to this, if you would like to tweet Ian at Ian Loring and just ask him how his nards are, and it'll really confuse him because I'm editing this podcast. Uh, it's, it's a Star Wars week, so, so who are we joined by? Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince. Uh, as, as, as long-term listeners will know, on any new, and, and for any new listeners, uh, Steve is our, uh, our Star Wars correspondent. Uh, we bring him in on these things. The simple fact is that I don't know that much about Star Wars. Um, and it's nice to get somebody who has such an affinity uh, for Star Wars and it is a, an important part to them to kind of give us their um, sort of readings of, of what it is and very patiently answer questions where I go, so is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I... Um, in case no one's guest now, we've got a um, solo review coming up. We'll have a few trailers. Uh, we'll be doing a bit of what we've been watching. Uh, there's not really been much movie news since the last time we, uh, we we recorded. However, there is actually one bit of movie news that I want to ask Steve about in a minute. Um, uh, and Ian, I think we'll be good. He missed that because he was actually talking about it, but we'll get his opinion on it later on. Um, Apparently, so... Sesame Street are really angry with the Happy Time Murders people. I have seen that, yes. That's yes. news. Uh, Steve, uh, th- there's an announcement that they're making a Boba Fett movie, and it's to be directed by James Mangold. Uh, what are your feelings on that, and the idea that Ian put forward that there's a little bit too much Star Wars going on, and they're kind of they're flooding the market a little bit too much? W- what are your feelings on it? First of all, I- I'm not sure. Um, I wasn't certain whether it was an actual bona fide announcement or not. Um, I'd-, I'd seen it on Twitter a little bit. Um, but are you telling me that's that's definite now? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's it, it, it's it's that's it's fully you know it, it, it's definitely happening. Yeah. Well, I imagine because Josh Trank had started um, production on a Fett movie, if if you remember, um, and that was before Rogue One came out. Yeah. Um, and he was actually due to show um, some of the footage 
at the celebration that I didn't go to in Anaheim, um, if, if I'm correct. And, and that was pulled absolute last minute. He, he actually was at the, um, at the convention and then disappeared and, and the footage was, was pulled. So I imagine there's, there's at least a sort of, uh, a, a, an idea, a, a script that's been, you know, partly worked on quite a lot of the production stuff, um, that they do ahead of producing a movie. Um, whether, whether Mangold and I like Mangold as a, as a choice, whether he, um, sort of rips all that up or, or takes the bones of what's there and, uh, and goes with that, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, as to uh, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Um, yeah, I, I've got to be honest. This, for me, Solo's come uh, too soon. I would have preferred it at Christmas. I think the idea of of having it over the Christmas period and making Star Wars a Christmas thing, rather like Lord of the Rings was, if you remember when they came and, out. And, and they also did the also um, thing with the with the Harry Potter films as well. Yeah, we said exactly that when about, we came out of the cinema. It, it felt wrong coming out to Sunshine. We, they, we, I think everyone's just so used to them being Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I say, the solar one was was too early for for me, um, and we've we've now got a, a decent size weight that, that I'll appreciate before episode nine. Um, I, I hope they keep at least a year in between films, but it's not the um, it, it's not the Disney way. I mean, how many Marvel films a year are they? Um, there are three films a year, but I, th- I think they're slightly different properties. I think. People will get sick of um, Star Wars films un- unless they're they're clever with what they yeah. release. I think there's an there's an appetite for a FET film, definitely without a, a shadow of a doubt. Um, and I, I don't know, there might have even been a little bit of teasing um, with, with this with this solo film. When I came out of the solo film, I thought. Are we going to have a trilogy here, one of which is a FET film? And, and then, as you say, they've announced that shortly afterwards. I think a, a Kenobi film could be uh, part three in a, in yeah, a trilogy that's been there. Rumoured, um, hasn't it? Oh, for a long time, yeah. Um, but yeah, f- for me, my one of my biggest worry is too much Star Wars and a dilution of quality. Um, and s- somebody needs to really keep a, a strong um, control of, of this at sort of high management level um, and, and make sure it's, it's, it's cohesive, really. The Marvel films, I think, are a different kettle of fish because they all ultimately feed into or have fed into the Avengers and the, the Infinity War and that whole storyline, 20 films leading towards that over the, the 10 years. Um, but with the... With the the side stories um you've you've got tangents that potentially weaken um the original saga it, not that i don't think that the original saga's already been weakened because you know my <laughs> rather strong opinions on the last jedi um but yeah star wars nothing but star wars is a worry i think i think there's an argument to suggest that uh, maybe releasing solo uh, in the middle of the year was kind of like a testing water for it that they were that they were quite confident uh, in themselves, in regards to what they've done already, that they kind of they had a little bit of too much hubris towards it, and thought, right, well, it's solo, it's a strong movie. Everyone's been clamouring for a solo movie for you know getting on you know for, it, it, long before they started this this new wave of Star Wars movies, and then the, the idea of having it going right, well, we're gonna have one at Christmas, and then one in the middle of the year, and it's 
you know, it almost seems to have been, uh, the, 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 you know, we'll get more into the film when we actually review the film, but the the troubled, and I don't really, you could quite like trouble, I, think, I suppose you could call it a troubled production in terms of the fact that, you know, Ron Howard's come in and been attached as a director and it's, it's not been as smooth sailing as, as as some of the other ones or as they've had with their... The, the management of Star Wars seems to be a little bit different to the management that they have with, with Marvel. Yeah, I, don't, I, th- I think the troubles that this film has uh, has had, and let, let's face it, the others have had uh, troubles as well with the, um, the, the Rogue One was largely 30% of it was largely reshot at the end of the day um, the troubles this has had I, th- I think partly influenced the decision to put it at this time of year I don't think they ever saw this as threatening the sort of um, box office that the you know the main uh, saga films do and as a result they've, they've sort of they've put it in this May window that, you know that's partly the reason I, I, I want them to get um, a pattern with this I, I, I could go with a saga film at Christmas uh, hello, hello. Ian has hello. joined us. Hello there. Hi. Oh, we're live. Yes, we are. We are, we are going. What a treat. What a treat. Uh, so just, just, just to fill you in what? quickly, uh, Ian. Um, so everybody, everybody, listeners, uh, one of our uh, co-hosts, Ian, is, is back. Ian's back. Yay. Um, Hi. So, Hi. Um, yeah, we were just... No, 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 we have to call him E now. Oh, it's E, isn't it? E. Yeah. Hi, no, e. no, <laughs> Becky, no, you can fuck right off. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, no. So, uh, e, 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 we were just... <laughs> I promise, I, promise I, I, was the, I was the last time I'll do that. Um, we were just discussing uh, the, no. um, the fact that we've got a Boba Fett movie on the way and uh, is there a, a possibility that they're doing a little bit too much Star Wars now, uh, which was something uh, that was prompted by a tweet that you raised yourself. Um, so, what are your feelings on it? Oh, fucking hell. We, um, we're, we're, we're talking Solo already. Like 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 no, I've, is... I've, I've literally oh, jumped oh, okay. the fucking gun right into this motherfucker. Okay. No, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, no, I, it just... It, it, it kind of feels like with all the all the production problems and whatnot, it was almost like Disney were just like it, it, it was almost they thought they were doing damage limitation by not saying, do you know what, we're just going to delay it until Christmas. And it, and you know because I, I, Steve, am I right in thinking that Episode Seven and maybe Episode Eight they originally wanted in summer, but then Abrams was like, no, I need more time. Um, but I, I don't know whether that was the same with episode eight, but it almost feels like they're a bit like we're going to fucking own summer. Like we, we are Star Wars. We are going to fucking own it. And then all these problems. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's the interesting thing that people are saying, you know, like obviously the MCU now has three films a year and they seem to be they seem to be doing all right. I mean, I suppose we'll see with Ant-Man and the Wasp, but the. The, the thing that Ant-Man and the Wasp has, which is uh, which is good for that film, is that no one's expecting it to do Black Panther or Infinity War numbers. Like as as long as that fucker does at least as well as the first one did, then I think they'll just go, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but 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 with Solo, it, it's like they they have their like just the, the kind of the ego of it all. 
Um, but th- also the fact that, you know, with all the production problems, they're, they're like, no, we're going to release it in summer. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. The situation's under control. Um, how are you? And it, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's not that. It, it, I, 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 I know. I mean, I think it is totally that. And it's bitten them on the arse. Uh, I, I, I think it's fascinating. You are correct, Ian. Um, in, or to my understanding, you are that um, Abrams asked for more time, and originally they wanted sort of the May release because that's the you know the time that the original trilogy was released. You know, back in the seventies and eighties. That well, this date, May the tw- May the twenty fifth. Um, but I very much agree with you. Um, that that's the reason this was put at this time. You know, pretty much before you join, that's the sort of point I was was trying to make. Um, I, I was just saying before you join that I want them to get into a, a pattern with these releases. If if it was a pattern of saga film at Christmas and um, anthology film uh, or standalone film in May, um, you know, then I could get with that a, a solid pattern. What I don't want is a haphazard um, series of releases. Yeah. Um, it, Star Wars fans won't take well to that. They, they need they need a pattern. No, I mean, the, oh, sorry, Becky, go. With obviously Last Jedi, that was at Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, and then it, it just feels too. It feels too soon. There hasn't been enough time to build up anticipation for it, and there was quite a lot of footage and stuff released, as I remember, in the run up to Last Jedi coming out. And it, but it was over a period of time, and it. It got people excited for it. It just it, it feels a little bit like they've not given Solo the same chance as they gave, like the the other the, the previous two, to to actually build that up. It's just kind of landed. It has. It, it, it's very. It, it, it's it's been released in a bit of a crowded period. You know, you've had Infinity War, um, and two weeks later you have Deadpool, Deadpool and then. You got Jurassic Park, yeah, Park coming just round the corner. Whereas I do feel like it's just they fucked with a bit of a formula, uh, and we're just talking about, not talking about the film here. We're talking about the the, the release and anything like that, and we'll, we'll discuss the film. Obviously, we'll do trailers in a second, and we'll discuss the film. But it just it had a really good formula. You know, Star Wars made makes sense at Christmas because mm. I know what you're saying, Steve, about the fact that the originals were all released. Um, were I think most released, all, all three were released in summer, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And then they were, yeah. A lot of people um, experienced these movies. I grew up at these these movies and associated them with Christmas watches. I, I was going to say that this goes back to what we were saying on the last show about you know you didn't you couldn't just stream stuff. You no. had to either rent it from Blockbuster or watch it when it was on TV. And they were always on TV at Christmas. Yeah, and I think that's there's become an association um, yeah. with with Star Wars and Christmas. That's why it landed really, really well. And I, I liked the idea, even as a as and I would now I would probably count myself as now as a casual Star Wars casual fan. Casual fan, you know. And I I looked forward to um to, to watching Solo. I looked forward to watching the Last Jedi. I, I I'm I'm no longer a miserly person, and I I'm you actually, were right miserable. I, I was right miserable at first, and, I, and I'm glad I've been proven wrong. <laughs> The biggest reason for releasing them at Christmas is, um, you know, I, I'm primary, I'm a Star Wars fan, but primarily I'm a Star Wars collector, and um, the biggest reason for releasing them at Christmas surely is is the toys. For 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 the last three films, they've had a, like a Midnight Madness, 
um, you know, a toy opening uh, in September. It's been around September the 1st. And, uh, you know, I've I've gone to the Toys R Us in Warrington and, and queued up at 11 o'clock at night and stayed there till half past one buying toys in anticipation for the new film. And then there's usually a second toy release uh, sometime in November. Um, it, who, who's buying toys in, in you know, Mar- March and April ahead of this film, apart from rabid Star Wars fans, if they can get their hands on them? The, the, the toys have been uh, really slow, um, very hard to find in advance of this. And, uh, you know, it, it sort of ties in with the marketing that's gone on that I think has been really quite um, poor and low-key in comparison. Yeah, it, it certainly, it certainly That's what has. I mean about them. Not, they don't seem to have given it the same chance as the other movies. But they seem to have just kind of shoved it to side yeah. and gone, you know what, we're, we're not as... Like I think um, Ian, you used used it correctly. There was a lot of a lot of ego behind Star Wars, the um, just in general, and then it, they kind of they feel like they've they could just coast a little bit with, with Solo, and it would just make seven to hundred million to a, a billion at the box office, no matter what they did. Hubris. And yeah, well, it has been a hubris to it. Hubris is the word. Hubris is the word. It's, it's yeah. Kind of, it, it's maybe come back and bit them in the ass, but we'll get into the actual start. Oh, sorry. What? Just to to say as well, I mean, like, the the fucking dumb thing about this is you've got the crowded release schedule all around it, and yet Last Jedi came out at Christmas, and that, along with Jumanji and Greatest Showman, you had three films that did very, very, very well, and they were all able to live with each other. Um, I mean, okay, The Greatest Showman maybe doesn't have quite the same demographic, but it, you know, it's got it's got a family thing. I mean, fuck, everyone, yeah, no, everybody does. It was the fucking movie for ju- movies for juniors at Cineworld this weekend. Yeah, it, and it's like, what the fuck? And uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a lot is a good couple of years away from that. We'll talk about Sherlock Holmes later, for fuck's sake. Um, but. Yeah, I, it, so that's the thing, and yet you've got May, where it is basically, it's a big, it, it, it's a big film a week, and I don't know, unless, unless you've really got the marketing ticking, it, it's not going to happen, and like you guys have been saying, there's been barely any lead-up, I, mean, I think I'm right in saying that the first footage was a Super Bowl spot, and that was February, so we've only had like three months of marketing for this thing, and last last Jedi. I mean, I think the first trailer, I want to say, was maybe around April time last year. Um, and I, I seem to remember it being maybe Good Friday. Um, I, 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 it was like some sort of um, Star Wars fan thingamajig it was, happening it was it was star wars celebration in orlando uh, w- where i was at and it was it oh, was it, it was shown on um uh, good friday and you're correct which Fuck was the, which was I the second day, i don't know it was the, it was the second day of the convention um and it was you know they, re- they released the teaser poster to, to fans who got in in the room to see it i didn't i um watched it i watched it um shortly afterwards on on a mobile um you know it's difficult the way it was meant to be seen oh i definitely yeah um but yeah it, so you t- <laughs> You're talking about a good eight month running compared to, and you've got the the right date as well for the um, the, the teaser trailer for for Solo, um, which was Super Bowl time. So um, it's a five month difference really in running. Yeah, I, I just it's it's crazy. I mean, like now it's looking like if it does 
450, 500 million worldwide, that would be something based on this opening weekend. And I mean, it's got, I think it's got a pretty clear run this week. But after that, the combination of the World Cup, I mean, maybe not for the US so much, but internationally, the World Cup and, and Jurassic World, it, it's just, it's done. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's remarkable. I mean, not to say the quality of the film itself, but I feel sorry for Paul Ron. Although it's his biggest opening um, weekend, so that, that says a lot about his, his other films, maybe. Um, that this is still, even though it's, um, what did I read? A tweet that said a, a, an underwhelming 114 million. Um, God, I, I wish I had an underwhelming 114 million. Um, but yeah, it's his biggest opening out of all his films. That, that, that is the strange. I, I think it's, when you've got something like, for instance, um, Deadpool, which costs less than half of what what it costs, um, and it, 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 it's opening weekend has kind of dwarfed it. I think that's the, that's, I wouldn't say embarrassment, but. Uh, if you're talking about the way that you market a movie, um, you know Deadpool get their marketing just it, 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 it's some of, it's some of the best marketing I think we've ever seen for movies. Um, and Solo it has been a little bit sedated. But, but the thing is, I think you could argue that Star Wars marketing generally is yeah, pretty it good. Is like really last spot year on. for the Last Jedi, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I started off when it when it kind of first came out. I think, yeah, yeah, I'll say that. I quite like the Star Wars movies. By the time it actually came out, I was absolutely buzzing to see it because they got the marketing right. But like I say, for this yeah. one, it just, it just feels like they've dumped it. Well, before that, before, before that, before, before the Last Jedi, I bought a, a bag of tangerines with with Yoda on. Um, that, that's how heavy the marketing was. Um, but I, I looked in uh, Sainsbury's the other day, and there was absolutely no food products with Solo on. We'll move on, and we'll, we'll get into the actual film uh, very shortly. Uh, but uh, what trailers have you guys been watching? Because we only recorded like a few days ago, so there's nothing new come out uh, for us. But what have you guys been watching? We can we can get your opinion on stuff. I tell you what, I wish I could eat some Chewy's Wookiee cookies. <laughs> Like that'd be fucking. I don't know how they ever done that. Trailers. Um, I just yeah. Uh, adding a bit a, a bit of commentary to the ones you spoke about on uh, on last week, guys. Um, Sicario two. As I said on WhatsApp yesterday, Mark. It that fucking thing feels like a director DVD sequel made by no one involved in the original project which seems surprised at itself that it's on the big screen when it says at the end, only on the big screen. You expect that under the title card to go, no, fucking really? Really? (laughs) No, just only on the big screen, question mark. Like, it's just, it's it's asking itself. Literally, the film is going to try and upload itself to iTunes on the same day, and it's going to go, no, you're in cinemas. And it's going to go, what? Really? So Bill Nerve directed it? No. Oh. Well, maybe it's maybe it's like tonally slightly different. That maybe it's we're only on the bloody big screen, like that kind of thing, <laughs> rather than only on the big screen. <laughs> it could be yes. Um, the thing is, it it's not directed by Dennis Villeneuve. It's not got any blood in it, but it has still got um, James Brolin. Uh, not not James Brolin. <laughs> Josh Brolin, isn't it? Josh Brolin. Uh, and, That'd be quite uh, and it is written by Taylor Sheridan. So I'm I'm still looking forward to it. You love Taylor Sheridan, though, don't you? He, he's made. He's written some very, very good films and made one very, very good film. I, I, I just can't help but think that 
the fact that it's written by Taylor Sheridan, then like the marketing, they're trying to get a wider audience in, and then maybe it's like you're going to watch the film, and it's going to be like that was actually a much more interesting piece of work than I thought than I thought it was based on yeah. the trailer. Like it, I, I don't know, just a Sicario two is there's, such there's a, a weird. And when 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 they um, acquired the the, the um, Sicario. It wasn't one film uh, script they acquired. It was three scripts. There's, there's all three of them are all. It's not like Teletubbies not, you know, it, it's written uh, has written a sequel to Sicario. There's three pre already written, and I, and from what I understand is all three of them were, all three of them were bought at the same time. The intention is to make and release all three. Fucking hell, fair play. In, I mean, I, you know, which, who knows? What's end of June? That thing's out. Because yeah. they must see something across these, some interlinking thing that goes, okay, there, there, there must be a big fucking payoff within each of these movies for them to to look at it like, like that. Um, I mean, originally the um, Elite Squad. Well, that was supposed to be a trilogy, but then the third one never got made because um, Padilla got went off and made Robocop instead. <laughs> yeah, winner. Yeah, but we like we, we quite liked Robocop actually. We, we we thought it was all right, didn't we? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Literally, literally. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has remembered that, that, that Robocop remake exists. Yeah, I'd forgotten. Yeah, a, a little bit like a little bit like Ian says, Sicario seems surprised. That's what is it? At some point, Robocop is going to appear and go. Holy shit, we remade me, didn't we? <laughs> uh, so what else have you guys been watching trailers-wise? Mowgli? Fucking... This thing was filmed a good two, three years yeah, back the now. The Jungle Book released, didn't they? Yeah, and it just... Yeah. And it just I, uh, who needs I mean, that? I'm quite interested to, interested to see it because it's supposed to stick quite a lot more closely to the book. Yeah. And the book's quite dark. Yeah. And obviously the Disney ones, not so much. So I, I think it'd be interesting to see what a more faithful adaptation would look like. It will, but it's, it's going to make it's no money and no one's going to see it. Well, no. <laughs> but it is a good So is, is this animated or is it live action? I've not seen this trailer. directed by Andy Serkis. Right. Wow. Is he is he um embodying the the character <laughs> as he put on a silly suit and is he playing Shere Khan? I think. I'm pretty sure he is anyway. Right. I thought fucking in it big dress or somebody like that. Right on that one. Let's have a look. No, or is it No, or is it Bumberback? I think it is uh Cub Satchel. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Christian Bale is Circus um. Circus is blue. Circus is blue. Fucking right. Okay. It's not a dancey, happy blue, though, is it? In this. It's, yeah. Again, more. more like yeah, that. but you were, you, were, you, you imagine he, he sings the bare necessities <laughs> to his victims. Yeah. Well, it 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 it's a a Mowgli story and. You know, yeah, you've got Kate Blanchett in there, you've got Beryl Cumsatchel and uh, Christian Bale are there, but you've also got Eddie Marsan and Peter Mullen. <laughs> Tom Hollander. Oh, if they could... Oh, if... if, oh, if, if oh, man. Tell me they're actually going to do the thing that they didn't do in the, in the Disney remake. 
and have those fucking like Beatles esque vultures. Like, oh, does anybody remember them? Oh yeah, yeah. The original Disney one. Oh my god. Let's have Marzan and Mullen as those vultures. Uh, Peter Mullen is a fuck killer. me. Uh, and Marzan is uh, Vehan. I know a killer is. Go on then, what? Which what animal is it? He is the lead cub scout who rapes all the boys. That's not a thing. It it it, it is if you've been to cubs. Well, I'm a girl, so not so much. Yeah, you got guys, didn't you? Yeah, no brownies. I never made it to brownies. 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 Never understood what that was. It's just like baby girl guys. I never understood what that was either. It's like it's like beavers before scouts. Well, you know what scouts is? Nope, never got there. I, I, went, I, went to, I went to three Cubs meetings and when I found out there wasn't a football team I was like we can jack this <laughs> shit off. I'm not sorry motherfuckers for not playing football no no, <laughs> um, no I didn't like it I'm, I'm not much of a joiner in era no you're not are you no, no. Uh, any other trailers you guys want to chat or should we get into the, the main event uh, I, I, I'm going to mention on, one yes. if I'm allowed um, it's a film I didn't know existed till today, um, and, and just randomly the trailer popped up on my Twitter feed. I'm going to att- I'm going to attempt its um, foreign title first. Um, Laisse Bronzer Les Cadavres, um, which is in English uh, Let the Corpses Tan. Um, so this is this is the new film by Helene Cate and Bruno Fosani, um, who of course did a mare. Um, and apparently it's being released in August this year. Um, now I didn't like their last outing anywhere near. Yeah, God, that was a disappointment. Um, but but this looks all right. It looks like they've moved away from the Jallo. Um, and yeah, oh, it's a gorgeous poster. Um, and it looks like they're going more Euro crime. It, it looks like we've got a, a gang of three who. Uh, commit some sort of robbery and then are forced to go and hide out in an abandoned uh, village somewhere or an abandoned ruin somewhere um, but then two cops um, stumble across them uh, and it all turns into to chaos um, but the, the trailer's done in that Amer fashion with the sort of uh, the font in red against a, a black background um, intercutting between bits of the action um, you know and, and it looks good I'll definitely give it a poke I, I would literally be watching the trailer for that the minute we start recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, that, that poster is very nice. Um, uh, that mother, that fucking film. I was going. Sorry. I, oh, that poster is great. Um, bloody hell. Um, I was like LFF every year. They do this like screener library of stuff, and this was on it. And the day that I was planning on watching it. They fucking pulled it because Arrow bought it and said, no, you can't have that on there anymore because now we got the rights. <laughs> oh, yeah, like literally, like I was fucking well up for watching this. And I was like, where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is it? Oh, bollocks, it's gone. So I watched this film with this like, this French film with this girl who's like 13 years old and runs around naked for a fucking hour and a half. And it, was it any good? I think I... I think I it was all right. I, I talked about it on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but anyway, otherwise I would have um, I would have watched that. But yeah, I, I, I have one oh, other trailer well. as well. Uh, the new one for skyscraper. Uh, the new one for skyscraper. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. Is it, is it, yeah. Um, just, just look more amazing. Well, well. <laughs> the thing is, the trailer seems to spell out quite a lot. 
Um, first off, it's lovely to see Nave Campbell back, and this time she's The Rock's wife, and why not? Uh, but, um, yeah. So, The Rock is this guy who I think is a security expert, um, whose family is given a floor in this skyscraper, to, and, and he's like, it's a very big building, well done, but you know, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't really seem all that safe to me. And then, wouldn't you know it, a bunch of naughty people want something in it, and apparently try to achieve their aim by setting fire to the, the top of the skyscraper. And then, his family are in the skyscraper, and then he somehow gets on a crane and runs along a crane and then jumps into the skyscraper, but then the bad guys have the family hostage and say, you're going to do something for us. And it's like, so what? So what's happening? There's a fire. You're running. Yeah, they're it. Cause it's like three minutes. It's literally like two minutes, 59 seconds long. This trailer as well. It's really long. And it, it just, it seems to spell out quite a large chunk of it. And all I'm thinking is what? So are they, while they're getting him to do this thing, are they all just going to be, like, keeping his family hostage in the middle of a burning skyscraper? <laughs> Look, I, I, I don't... I don't it, it's, I, it's fascinating. I, you know, The Rock may as well do another film. Why not? Will it be as good as Rampage? I, I very much doubt it. Will I enjoy it? I very much think I will. But I, I quite look forward to seeing what is actually happening. What you've got there, Ian, is that you can't really sort of filter down the kind of nuanced work that Dwayne The Rock Johnson does into a three-minute trailer and have it make any sense because, you know, he does deep and important works. There is a strange uh, poetic subtlety to his, to, his, to, his, to his work, isn't there? <laughs> you were watching a gif of the pet pop of love yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. For anyone that's, that's not seen Journey that, 2... That is a beautiful times, thing. That's where Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Peck pop berries off his peck by yep. twitching them. Yeah. <laughs> and you were watching a video of it. For me, for, for, for me, Ian, you're missing the most important detail of the trailer. Oh, shit. Which, What's that? Which, which I, I wasn't aware of until I saw it, um, which was he's only got one leg. He does only have one leg. You're right. And and I don't know how this is mi- had missed me up until that point, but, um, yeah, he's only got one leg. It would be brilliant if he literally did spend two and a half hours hopping. You'd be, you'd be, still believe he could do this, that, that shit, though, just because of like his sheer force of personality, I think. So, um, I look forward to reviewing Skyscraper. I've, I've, I've got a feeling it's going to be fucking awful. I just, I've, I've got a feeling about this one. But, you know, if I, it's, as long as it says, look, if it can be less than two hours, then at the very least it's going to be short enough to that be entertaining. Film I reckon it's going to be eleven minutes. That's the thing. I think it's going to be like okay. Oh, this is interesting. I think it's going to be one hundred and forty-five minutes. Yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I reckon they'll bring it in just under the two-hour mark. I think they'll have to. Steve. Steve. I I. I'd... 
I'd say longer. I think The Rock will want chance to exhibit everything he's got. So, and it is a tall building. That is true. So true. If, if he's got to do any sort of going upstairs or climbing, that's going to add to runtime. That's true. So yeah, unless there's a judicious editor, I would go longer than shorter. Well, Central Intelligence was 107 minutes, and that's by the same director. Yeah, but that's comedy. But that that was more comedic, wasn't it? I'm, I'm still... I'm, 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 this is San Andreas in a skyscraper. I'm set on my 111 minutes. You're all going to bow down to my yeah. superior Sa- when it comes out. Okay. Like, <laughs> an hour, two hours and 30 minutes, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> as, I, as I leave... What if it's towering tower tower Inferno long? Like, stop! <laughs> You, could, you, could <laughs> you should totally do that going forward. Stand just up, like, clap and leave. Have, have, have your, the runtime set in your head. And then literally, as the BBFC cert goes, just set a fucking timer on your fucking watch. And whatever's happening, just get up and just go, that's me done. And just walk out. That would be quality. But but the thing is, if the film if the film is actually shorter than he thinks, he just has to sit in the fucking seat as they're sweeping up, going, "The film's finished, sir. Not going to my fucking watch it." <laughs> you imagine if you did that for Don Kirk, like you'd probably be there for another fucking hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So oh, moving on. Before we move on from trailers, can I just ask you guys a question? You know the cinema spots for Jurassic World. Oh, the yes. gold blue. Oh, the yes. gold blue. You know, the, the actual like the spots they do before they show the trailer, where it's Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt talking, and then they introduce the trailer. Oh, no, it's a gold blue. Oh, no, it's a gold blue one as well. Oh, I've only seen yeah. the gold blue one. Yeah, I've seen okay. both. Oh, right. Well, on at View, they've got a, a Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pratt one, and it is the most awkward, painful fucking thing that I've seen, even even worse than the few adverts for View that they show. It's horrible, isn't it? It's just painful to That's watch. That's because you don't like Bryce Dallas Howard. She's got a weird fucking face. Beautiful hair, doesn't she? She has got very nice hair, but she's got a weird face. <laughs> I want to go... Th- where are they showing the Jeff Goldblum one? Because I'd rather see that. Cineworld. Oh, we have got a Cineworld. Yeah. Cineworld, yeah. I thought we'd have a Cineworld. It is going to make them build it faster. It's going to drive them down the foreman. Be the foreman. Okay, but by the time I've got all the are qualifications, they... they might have built it. Are they building one? Yeah. Are they building one? It's going to be like five minutes walk away. Oh, oh fucking so hell. exciting. Yeah. Uh, you've got to get on the old unlimited. Probably not. I'll find a new reason. Yeah, you'll find a new reason. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, shit. That is exciting. The, the difference is that um, bet- between those is that Goldblum is really putting it, putting yeah. his back into it. Yeah, it um, whereas Pratt, if it, it, Pratt smacks of contractual obligation, he looks like this is the last place that he wants yeah, to be. Definitely, yeah. No, Goldblum no, is just like they've literally just said to him, just, just you. <laughs> Goldblum this shit up. I love Jeff Goldblum. I like just, the fact he's having a bit of a resurgence. Like, and he's he's really embraced his like gold bloominess. He has. He's fucking stylish as shit as well. Like, oh my uh, god. His wife uh, was, you know, in Valerian. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. the Rihanna character. Yes. His wife. Yes. Mm -hmm. Essentially doing all the movements and stuff like that and all the the, the dances. Oh, right. His wife. Interesting. He's a gymnast. A gymnast. A gymnast. Nice. Uh, so right, moving on to our main review, uh, Solo: A Star Wars Story. Uh, 
I not to go too much into the actual kind of plot because it is just it's Han Solo and how he becomes Han Solo. It's an origin story. It's a, it's a Han Solo origin story. So if you listen to a movie podcast and you're not aware of who Han Solo is, then have a word. Hell. <laughs> um, so let's get straight into it. Uh, Steve, as a a diehard Star Wars fan. Um, First of all, were you looking forward to a solo movie? Not never mind this solo movie. Were you looking forward to a general solo movie? And what did you think of this solo movie? Well, you know, I came out of the Last Jedi massively disappointed, um, and everything I'd heard, um, and I do know people who know people within the Star Wars community, and everything I'd heard, um, sort of on the ground, was that this was going to be um, disastrous. Um, and they, they were really set up for, you know, for it to, to have a bad time. Um, so th- there was all that lurking in the back of my mind. But I, I had hope in, in that this would be so different to The Last Jedi that I would actually um, enjoy it so much more. Um, and I've got to be honest, coming out of the the half full cinema and it, it was I, d- I didn't see i didn't go to the midnight show and well that's that speaks something in itself because i've been to the midnight showing for the previous three um i didn't go to the midnight showing i went to the um you know the opening night the night after um the the cinema was was half full um and as i left that half full cinema i, I i've got to admit i was disappointed um the way I, I would describe it in, in one word is it's fine. Um, it's it's not it's not a bad movie, um, but it, it's quite a, a drab movie. Um, I thought it it looked horrible a lot of the time. I thought it was uh, full of browns, blacks, greys. Um, for a time, I thought projector in our in our uh, screen was there was something wrong with it that it it, it was too dark for a lot of a lot of the time um and, and and then the other sort of overriding feeling i had was just that it was a a little bit dull um it, it's all right i'd give it a seven out of ten uh of, of course I'll, I'll i'll watch it again and i'll give it the opportunity to grow on me a little bit um but i was hoping it was going to have a little bit more energy and a little bit more whiz bang and, and thrill um so I, I don't know whether that makes me a bad Star Wars fan now. Again, I've, t- I've talked to, to quite a few people about it, and some people feel like me, but there's a lot of people who, who did really enjoy it, and I, I'm glad they really got more out of it than I did. Do you feel like maybe more casual fans will enjoy it more than, than people that are more invested? I, I think quite possibly, yes. Um, as long as they don't sort of take in original Han Solo and expect Harrison Ford. I think um, I think Alden Ehrenreich did a did a good job. I always thought he was going to. Um, one, one of my favourite um, films is, is from a couple of years ago is Hail Caesar. I loved him in that. So I always thought he was going to do a competent job. And I don't think he's a bad Han at all. But when you compare him against Ford, he's, he's always going to be lacking a little bit. Um, and I think as long as people don't going expecting to see Solo having the same um, animal magnetism that, that Ford did in, in his pomp back back in the day, then, uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll enjoy it almost as much as perhaps they they enjoyed, say, the first Star Trek film. I think it's it, it, it's on a par with that, you know. Sorry, I, I'm sorry for the noise in the background. I'm trying to decide whether Lottie is having a number one or a number two. What are you doing, Lots? 
<laughs> You've done a wee, have you? Right. Her her her, her potty's up here for when she needs the toilet in the night, and she's just decided to have a crack in it. Ever so sorry about that. You're all right, babe. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll come back to Ian in a second. Uh, Bex, what were your initial sorry, thoughts? Guys. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Everyone's a critic, eh? <laughs> You've lowered the tone, Ian. We were having such a highbrow conversation before that. Uh, ever so, yeah, no, I'm ever so sorry. I'm going to mute for a second. Please carry on. Bex, what were your feelings on it? Because uh, for, for, for context, you're more of a Star Wars fan than me, but not a obsessive. No, and and I think obsessive is potentially like an offensive word to the to the hardcore fans out there. So apologies, anybody. Um, no, I would I, I enjoy oh, the movies. The I enjoy the movies, but I don't. I've not read like the books and the comics and watched the Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. It it is just the movies, and I think a lot of it for me is there's a nostalgia element to it because my dad was a really big Star Wars fan. Um, when, when I was younger, which might surprise you, because he's a bit of a square now. Um, so we, we watched them as kids, and I think um, the reason I like the, the new new ones that have come out more recently is because they have that vibe of the old ones, so um, so there's that. And as I said earlier, before The Last Jedi, I was, I was really buzzing, looking forward to that one. Um, and with, with this one, not so much watching the trailer. I don't think it was a good trailer. I don't think they've marketed it very well. I was a bit concerned about um, Alden, is it Aaron Reich? Yeah. As um, uh. as Solo because he doesn't he doesn't have that air of a young Harrison Ford Solo, which he just doesn't in the trailer. I think he's better watched over the period of the film. Um, he's a bit more what you'd expect a young Han from the original trilogy trilogy to be like um but yeah i wasn't really looking forward to it at all apart from seeing uh, seeing donald glover as lando calrissian um but yeah I, I actually i really really enjoyed it i think what what i really liked about it was that it felt like a family film like the original trilogy did it felt like an entertaining space movie rather than it's it, in space opera space opera yeah <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't heavy like some of them can be and it wasn't hard to understand like some of them can be if you don't know everything behind it um so it, it, you know in, the, in that way it felt like it felt like a family movie and I, and I really liked the atmosphere of the film cool uh ian are you back in the room yeah hi sorry about that. yeah hi sorry about that um so yeah i i, th- I think i'm i think i'm along with 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 steve i reckon i mean it's I think it's good that it's not shit. Um, I see what you're saying there, yeah. But yeah, yeah, because like I don't know, they just it wasn't it, nothing about the build-up was inspiring. But then there's nothing really about the film that's inspiring either. It it, it just it it feels it feels like another entry in a in a franchise when. Star Wars films haven't necessarily felt like another entry up until now. And I don't think that's just because of the release date. It's just because it... I don't know. It's this film that feels so beholden to answering questions that I don't think people were that bothered about getting the answers to. But then also, not really, for me anyway, being that satisfying as a story in its own right. 
Um, it, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm just going to say it now. I am fucking stunned that more people are not talking about Tandy Newton being the first black woman in the Star Wars universe in a major role who then gets killed off less than halfway through. I like I like that's weird that that seems to have gone under the radar because I thought for sure people would be fucking screaming about that. The people who scream about that just haven't gone to see it. They've been they've been yeah yeah yeah. I mean, in parks and the sunshine. Eating yeah yeah. I mean, I don't know. Avocado. But or is it just a sign that I don't know? Maybe nobody really likes Andy Newton. I don't. I could be that. I can't despise her, so I was cheering when she got killed. Yeah, no, I mean, but it just, from a, you know, cause, considering The Last Jedi did quite, um, I've been re, I'm about halfway through a rewatch The Last Jedi, I wasn't able to get through it, but the amount of, like, whether you like it or not, the amount of pushing diversity that that film does... Which I, 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 you know, conceptually I like. I think it's it's heavy-handed in the Last Jedi, but I, I do like that they they try. But you've got that, and in this, it's like right, okay. So she's Woody Harrelson's girlfriend. She doesn't like Solo that much, and now she's dead. Oh, okay. She's quite cool when she's shooting stuff, though. She gets to do some cool stuff. Her looks great. Her looks great. Her, uh, you know, like the fucking the hair that she's got. Yeah, how how yeah, I you know. I don't like Tandy Newton at all. I, she's a fucking like, I, I don't know. She's just always got this fucking pout on that I, mm. you know, I, I, I can't be dealing with. It, it does seem um, the general consensus that a lot of people don't like Tandy Newton. I, I'm not a big fan of her. I, 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 I do agree. She, she, she comes across as the sort of person where, it, like, there'd be people who've known her for years and would walk by on the street and go, oh, Tandy, and she just, and if she was just in that mood, she'd just walk straight forward. I would just like ignore the shit like out of bitches, What? You normally like bitches. I do normally like absolute bitches. Uh, but I prefer it's, one that would... It's, it's, would it's, it's the sexually aggressive bitches that Mark likes, though. It's like... It's the sexually aggressive bitches that Mark likes, though. That That's the thing. It's... You know... Um, <laughs> What does that say about me? I've, I've, <laughs> I've never liked her because of it. A... I'm not a bitch. What? I'm not a bitch. She says hitting me. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Causing good. my arousal levels to, to shoot up. That's in a problem. Anyway, Steve. Anyway, Steve, save us. Uh, um, yeah, you, just to pick up on two things uh, Ian said there. Um, I think you said... That you, you, you were surprised that, that there wasn't more sort of you're going to have this whether you like it or not, like like it was rather in the Last Jedi. I think the the droid character Lando's co-pilot co-pilot was basically that. Um, th- this idea of sort of droids' rights um, and 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 you know that that constant commentary that you got with that. I think that was this film's sort of wokeness in in quotes. Um, and, and I think that takes away from from Tandy and her awful acting. Um, the, the other thing that you said, Ian, and when I read when you when you tweeted this, it, it, basically I, I just thought, yeah, that's it. That, you've hit the nail spot on the head. It is that feeling beholden to what's gone before? So you've got the 
Um, oh, you know he's called Han Solo. Why is he called Solo? We'll show you why. Um, do you remember in Empire Strikes Back when when uh, it's dropped that La- uh, that Han won the Falcon off Lando? Hey, guess what? We're going to show you that. You, you know, it was name dropped in you know in A New Hope about the the Kessel Run, and then it was name dropped again in The Force Awakens. Hey, guess what? We, we're going to show you that. Hey, do you, do you remember when uh, Han shot first and then didn't shot first, and, and then he, they both shot at the same time? Well, we're going to have him, we're going to have him kill Beckett, and he's definitely going to shoot first this time. There, there was all this just this constant. Let's worry about relating to I what's gone before. Beckett um, at that point, look at him and say um, the, the bit of advice he was going to give him was always shoot first. It, it, it would have been absolute nail on the head rather than just hitting the nail on the head, you know, many times. But yeah, I, I, the film seemed more bothered with that than it did actually sort of pushing the, the plot forward in an exciting way for me. Yeah, because I mean th- th- that's the thing. I mean, you, you've got all these r- references. I mean, I, I liked the, the, the more kind of subtle things. Like, is it Han or Han? Like, I like the way that they, you know, it, it just it's basically Lando gets told the correct, correct pronunciation and just does the does the wrong one anyway. Mm-hmm. But that you know, it's not it's not like a repeated joke that's brought up again and again and again. It, it just like they say it the once, he just keeps on doing it, and there you go, end of. And it, you know, it's a nice bit of character like play for Lando as well that he's just he's not going to listen you know he's he's heard it but he's just not going to listen which which is great um but that that's the thing i mean it's but by the end of the film it seems to be in a in a rush to go oh shit actually hang on a second we might want to do some more of these right okay then so who's the big bad then okay Maul he can be the big bad right yeah okay and uh, you know is Kira a good guy or a bad guy oh actually to know what we don't we you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna leave that there for the future okay then and yeah it just it kind of feels like uh, so I'm, I'm I'm left with this feeling of all right. I now know a bunch of pop culture things. Great. I've sat there for two and a quarter hours. I've had fun, but do I actually feel that satisfied? And I I didn't. You know, it, it's. I mean, shit. So what's the next one going to be then? Like them doing jobs for Jabba or so or something, and then. Maybe we'll get Greedo in there and all the Jabbers mates or something like that. And we'll have a fucking reference wank off there as well. Um, it, it just, it's, this whole film feels like being spoon fed stuff. Like, here comes the Han or Han. You know, it, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but, but did I hate it? No. It, like I say, it, it's it's fun. I think Aaron Reich acquits himself well enough. Um, I don't think he's a train wreck, and you know the whole kind of the stories of the production, him having to have acting lessons on set and whatnot. You know, if if that's the case, they've hidden it well enough. I think. Um, you know, I mean the the droid as well. The, the thing that I. I agree, it's this film's element of wokeness, but there's enough humour in what she's doing that I think it, it takes there's there's sugar with there's enough sugar with the medicine. She really annoyed me. She really annoyed me. Oh oh no, just attempts at humour. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think I didn't think that she was that funny. Um but yeah, I uh, even though the the, the 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 one joke about like how does that work and she's like believe oh it works it's like wow okay 
<laughs> try explaining that to the fucking five-year-old in the audience then. That, that's the, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, no, he, he totally fucked that droid, and that droid had to wash out yeah. his sperm. Um, he, is yeah. he is he is pansexual, yes, after all. It pains to tell us that for some fucking reason. I think it's maybe <laughs> to explain... Be, well, because of this relationship, yeah. It doesn't make sense. I don't care. She's got, like, some kind of exhaust fan area. Maybe she's got to. Maybe she has she, to. She's got she, She's got a small thermal exhaust port <laughs> just below the main reactor. I'm stealing from a new hope there. Yeah, there um, you go. But no, even even the droid ultimately feeds back into um, a, a new hope because she she dies. They put a brain into the Falcon, and she becomes a permanent part of the Falcon. And in in the exist in the original films, three um, PO talks about not being able to communicate properly with the Falcon because it's got it's got a strange. Um, a dialect or a strange way of thinking. So th- even that droid now ties into the reason the Falcon is the way it is, that the unique nature um, of, of the onboard computing system. So e- even that wasn't, you know, it, it's ultimately t- tying back in, yeah. See, the thing is, right, with a film like this, I think, which is why I asked the question about would a more casual fan enjoy it more, I think the more you know about the universe that it's set in and the stories around it, the more the, the more holes you see, maybe, and the more references you get that start off as like little eye rolls when you when you see them in the movie, and then it get by the time it gets to the end, they're major annoyances because it's like just leave it now, just make your own film. And I think the less references you get, the less annoying that would be. Um, but I mean, overall, just as a film, I I, I thought it was fun. No, no, I mean, no, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think it's you're perfectly fine to have to have fun in in the film. You know, it, it, it's just, I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it just, I just, I left un, unsatisfied, and I suppose I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it to be an empty calories blockbuster, and and on a, on a rewatch. I, you know, I think maybe my expectations will be will be more set. Um, but I mean, it is just it's it's weird that you got the Last Jedi and then this, which are both films set in the same world. But in terms of what they're actually trying to do, they they that it couldn't be more different because I think with, with with the Last Jedi, if anything, that film is like it it, it seems like it's kind of anti fan service. It's trying to dismantle and disassemble all, all these Star Wars tropes and reconfigure them in maybe successful, maybe not ways, depending on your viewpoint. Whereas this is literally... It is literally fan service, but with some fun elements. I will say as well, I think Steve said earlier on, that the film is, is ab-looking. I find it very, very funny that they thought, right, okay, Han Solo film, bright and breezy. Who are we going to get in to shoot this? Yeah, the guy who did Arrival in a most yeah. violent year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Young is a very, very, very good cinematographer. I'm a huge fan of, his, of, of, of the work that he's done. But yeah, he, he doesn't scream summer blockbuster at you, does he? It's just like, it's just like uh, rest in peace, but it's like getting Johan Johansson to do the fucking score for this. And it would it would have just been atonal noises 
all throughout, and it would have been fucking amazing. I, 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 I don't think some of the locations helped. I mean, we start on Corellia in in an un- underworld situation. Uh, we go down into the sewers. We then go to Mimban, which is a planet full of thick mud, where everyone's sort of caked in mud, and all all the troopers are, are dark in colour. Um, we we then spend time um, on uh, Kessel down in in the in the spice mines. So you're down mines again. Then you come out and you go you do the Kessel run where you you're traveling through uh, um, a sort of tumultuous moor. Um, so I don't think the locations help. But yeah, the the only sort of uh, bright parts of it were, were Lando's wardrobe. To be honest, that was and the inside of the Falcon. Um, that seemed to be the only bits where my my eyes weren't really straining to see what was going on. Yeah, even the plush yacht thing that um, is it Ross? Yeah. Even his yeah. yacht yeah. like drab brown and stuff, isn't it? If I remember rightly. Yeah. It's brown, brown or gold. Apart from the woman in gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not the prettiest looking of movies. I would I would admit. <laughs> I think maybe... I did like Paul Bettany, sorry. That's what you said about expectations. I think that's potentially why I enjoyed it more than I maybe would on rewatch, because my expectations were quite low going into it. So, you know, if I go into it and watch it again, knowing essentially what I'm getting, <laughs> it might, it, you know, I might be able to kind of... I think it was a bit of a, a relief thing, more than anything else, that it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, abs- absolutely. And I've got to say as well, just in, in terms of how busy was your was your screening, guys? Because I know Steve said earlier on, but because um, mine, I think half four on Thursday, opening day, half four in the afternoon. I think there was maybe fifteen people in there. It was was kind of busy. We went we went after work today, didn't we? Um, yeah, but for a quarter to four showing on a bank holiday Monday when people are off work, but it was quiet. It was quiet, but it it has been a glorious day. Um, mm. So no matter what people say, mm. that, that that does affect it. So I think the you are risking, I think, because it's it's released obviously over here for spring bank holiday, mm. and in the states it's Memorial Weekend, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's you're putting it a little bit of risk there into into weather, whereas Christmas is it's miserable in a lot of places. Going and sitting in a warm cinema and watching a yeah. Well, that and everyone's got time off at Christmas. Do you know what I mean? And people who really enjoy it are going to go and see it twice. Idiots like me are going to go and see it five times. Um, Do do you know what I mean? Whereas at this time, you've got a a three-day weekend, and if it's sunny, you're going to make the most of it, for God's sake, aren't you? Because we we rarely get this sort of weather we're having at the minute. One thing I will say, about 30 seconds before um, Maul showed up on screen, I was sat there actively thinking... Do you know what? It's really refreshing to watch a Star Wars movie where there's not been a single lightsaber or Jedi or mention of the Force, and then he showed up, and I was like, "Oh, you ruined it now." <laughs> but but you're right. But, but you're, you're right, Becky. Jedi aren't mentioned. It is the only film in which yeah. Jedi are not mentioned, and the lightsaber he does show isn't ignited. So it is the only Star Wars film where there isn't a, a lightsaber ignited. There's also no three PO and R two, which is the first yeah. time that's ever happened in a Star Wars film. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, they were having but, the, the fight with um, him and his red daggery type thingies and her and the sword. Yeah. It was a bit like ah, uh, they can't have a lightsaber battle, so they're gonna have a sword battle instead. <laughs> but it was really well done. That. It was like a staff and like weird little yeah. lighty things. 
flighty so, things. Yeah. So, just, just to ask Becky then, I know you said you're perhaps more of a Star Wars fan than, than Mark, but you're not an obsessive. Um, it was Maul a surprise to you? I had heard rumblings previous to I've avoided everything that I possibly could, and then I was scrolling through Twitter earlier, and there was a picture of Maul from one of the whichever earlier one he was in, um, with surprise cameo next to it. So I did kind of know he was going to show up. I honestly I've only seen the um, the sort of the new trilogy, the prequels, yeah, um, once because I didn't enjoy them, so I've not gone back to them. Um, so I don't really get so much where he fits into it. I think he's he, he features quite heavily in the Clone Wars, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I mean, he I does, yeah. I mean, I I just think again, if you talk about the casual fan watching this, they've maybe seen the Phantom Menace uh, once or twice, um, and of course, Maul gets cut in half and dropped down a big fuck off reactor shaft. Um, so I, I could just imagine a lot of people sort of yeah. scratching their heads and thinking. Is this the same guy? Is that more? What the hell is he doing there? And and you really have to have um, watched the Clone Wars and and more specifically Rebels um, to, to sort of get a good picture of of what's going on. And I, I'm not all in on those cartoons, so I, I have a I have a sketchy knowledge of of what's happened and and how he's got there. I mean, he's he's actually dead now in in Rebels. So this takes place about three or four years before the end of, of Rebels do, uh, does. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi kills him um, in, in Rebels. But for him to be the head of a crime syndicate, and again, I, I had to sort of double-check when I got home, um, but Crimson Dawn, um, the crime syndicate in, in this film, is entirely new. I had to sort of double-check and think, was that in the books? Was that in the old um, so, sort of what was considered canon, but no, it's it's completely new. So they've made this up purposely, um, to, and and put Maul there purposely, which makes me think it's a setup for, as I was saying before, a, a potential uh, new trilogy of films or further um, sort of standalone films. Dryden Voss, I don't know if any of you saw it in the back the background in Dryden Voss's um, sort of apartment area on the yacht. There was a, a set of Mandalorian armor, so a set of Fett's armor hung up. Oh, um, shit. Okay. So that's that's why I wasn't surprised when I then saw these things on Twitter suggesting that a, a Fett film might have been announced. Um, we know that we know there's been a lot of talk about a Kenobi film. Kenobi eventually kills Maul. Um, he's the one who, 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 well, he cut him in half once and then he kills him again in, in Rebels. Um, so Maul could tie into a Kenobi film coming forward, um, and, and Solo could fit in you know a, a further olden air and right appearance of solo could fit in with either of those yeah. that's interesting that, actually yeah i mean i i with the with the mall thing i had to hit up wikipedia and and check out what the situation was because i think in a film where it's already a touch difficult to the casual fans to Wh- place is that it, real yeah wikipedia is real wikipedia is the fandom wow it is but it is but yeah, yeah. spell it right two e's um but I, um, when, yeah, it's already a little difficult to place within the time, within the sort of larger timeline of the movies, because it's not relating to any of the events really that that take place in any of the other ones. To then have Maul in it, kind of like you say, and when he died in the first one, makes you kind of go, wait, hang on a second, when when is this? What's going on? So yeah, I had to do a bit of reading, and and that's where I found out that he's in the um, the Clone Wars stuff, and he's got metal legs apparently. So. 
I, 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 did, I didn't listen to a fucking word he said because in my head I was just going right right when is this set like how how far after episode one is this and and right so hang on is episode one set before or after this I was genuinely thinking that because I was so confused about seeing him on screen I just didn't take any of it in but the the fascinating thing now, though, is that they've done they've done all this setting up, but given how it all it already feels culturally like this film is a, a bit of a black mark on the whole series, it's like, do we get another one? Because I, 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 you know, we, we don't really know what's going to happen with Kira. We don't really know what's going to happen with Crimson Dawn and whatnot. But to be fair, we've learned an awful lot about how Han Solo, became, like at least on a fucking surface level point of view, became Han Solo. Because from an, a character point of view, there's actually probably still quite a leap to go from where he ends off on this to like turning up in Mos Eisley. I'd be very surprised if if there is intent to do more solo movies. I'd be very surprised if if this doesn't if this if there is the plans there. I would think they will go through the plans mm. because they won't want to be seen to be backing down almost. You know, as a group of films, it's made enough. That they can maybe go right. What did we get wrong with Solo that we can get right with Solo Two or whatever? whatever. And on top of that, I think you'll whatever they've got planned for the next one will tie into something else on a on another one in the main sort of film run canon. So they'll they'll kind of have to plow on with it. I think they've been very clever here in that Marvel come out and announced this slate of six films. Um, you, you know, what's going to take you through to the, ne- the next sort of team-up movie? Um, they're not announcing anything beyond, um, you know, other than there's going to be this nebulous new trilogy, there's going to be this TV series, but there's no detail there. And I, I think that's fully intentional because I think they are playing things by ear all the time. And I think if there is, there was another solo movie slated, I think it'll be really under consideration again. Um, you, you've set the characters up. I believe Alden's option for three films, they could show him again in somebody else's film. Like I say, he'd fit in a Fett film. He'd fit in a Kenobi film to, to an extent. Um, I mean, there's a part in this film where, where Lando's, um, recording himself, um, he's doing his own podcast, where it, as it were, um, and yeah. it, he calls it the Calrissian Chronicles. I mean, what a great title for a film itself. So, you know, there's at least three other films there that I could see them using uh, Aaron Reich as Solo yeah, again. I, I would think it, it, it will be more that maybe we'll get another Solo movie, but like I think that you were saying yourself, there, uh, Steve, earlier, is we might get a, 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 this 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 element of the Star Wars universe for the world uh, where we'll get other films that will shoot off from this and Solo can crop up within within that kind of universe it's just it's going to be really interesting to see what happens now just because Disney have been slightly caught on the back foot twice now because Last Jedi did very obviously did very 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 well but they announced Johnson was doing this new trilogy of films before Last Jedi came out when it was still very hot internally and I think the reaction of a lot of fans 
has rather shit Disney up a bit. And I, to be honest, I think if it if it wasn't for that, we maybe would have had a little bit more detail on the Johnson trilogy by now, other than he's doing a trilogy. And that, along with Solo, I I wonder how much course correction they're going to try and do now. And I'm not trying to make a big thing out of it, but it's like if a Solo film does this methly, what the fuck does a Boba Fett film do? Um, and, you know, they kind of like, it was rumoured last week that James Mangold was going to write and direct the Boba Fett film, which, you know, I'd watch the fuck out of that, but do how much money? I think it's going to it's going to come down to how much money can they get away with, like, spending on that film that if it only does a few hundred million worldwide, it's not That's a failure. It, it, it's, it, it's the projections is right. We can't spend two hundred and fifty million on it because it's not going to make more than five six hundred million. Or it's unlikely to make more than five six hundred million. But we could, for instance, could we spend one hundred and fifty million on it? And it's got to make four hundred million. But can we make a good enough movie for one hundred and fifty million? So it's then the case of where do you lose? Where do you lose that? The thing is, it's like they, 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 you know, they've got to make sure that they don't taint the legacy now. Like the next eighteen months or so is going to be fucking fascinating. I, I, I would assume we're going to hear fuck all about any Star Wars films for like a year now. Yeah, you know, we, we'll, we'll get the title for Episode Nine at some point, but I don't think we're getting a trailer for that thing for about a year yet. And I, I think they're going to go radio silent, which is the right thing to do. Totally agree. They've, they've just announced the um, the next celebration convention, which is going to be in Chicago in April next year. Um, and I think that's that's the date when the trailer will drop. It will drop mm-hmm. again at that celebration in April. So I, th- I think you're right. I think there is going to be a, a, a quieter period um, and a period of speculation. Uh, and I think Yoda says it himself. I'm not going to try and attempt a, a Yoda voice here, but he, he says always in motion the future is. Uh, and I, I think there's a, a lot of um, sort of shifting um, to happen, a lot of decision making to happen, a lot of plans being uh, adjusted and redrawn. I don't think this has gone the way I don't think the last 12 months has gone the way they imagined it would go. Um, and, and I think there's going to be um, repercussions internally. So where, where are we going yeah. on, uh, on poll wise? Are we where, where do you guys sit? Are you definitely not shit touching cloth shit or are you geostorm? Steve, for you first. I I have voted on the poll, and I voted uh, definitely not shit. I'd have voted fine if fine was an option, um, but but it's definitely not it's definitely not shit. And can I can I just say I know it, it I don't want to be uh, the Star Wars expert who comes on and bags on both films. Hopefully, I've not bagged on this as much as I bagged on. Oh, dude, the last fucking Noel does it all the time. Don't worry about it. Apart from um, fucking spunks over Infinity War, it's fine. Yeah. But can, can, can I just say, I, I think this would have been a much worse film had they not changed to Ron Howard. I think Ron Howard deserves some uh, credit, some kudos for, for for saving this. I can only imagine what it would have been had Ron not took charge. Do, do we have any, like, because I know they said that he, he reshot about 70% of it. Is there any insight as to what 
was kept of Lord and Miller's? Because I, to be honest, I was assuming it was maybe like that kind of car chase thing at the start, and maybe and and, and maybe the, the 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 train sequence. No, I I think the um the car chase at the the start is Ron Howard. I, I think I think it's very American graffiti. Um, you know, I, th- I think that fits in with with Ron. I, I, I've heard as much as I've heard as much as eighty percent um, is actually his film. Obviously, the bit with his brother <laughs> is his. But no, I, I think there are key bits in the film that do look like Lord and Miller. So you, you remember the bit at the end um, where there's the big sort of face off and uh, hand steps forward. And he points to the Falcon and he says, uh, I've got th- a t- an army of 30 oh, people yeah. aboard there. And then the ship flies off. I think yeah, that's Lord and Miller. Um, so, so I think you can look for bits like that, that they, that they kept that are Lord and Miller bits. But I would imagine the main body of the film is now Ron's work, you know. It's just, it's, it, it, God. I mean, we'll never see it, but it would be fascinating. It's just because, unless unless I'm mistaken, wasn't it? Um, like the the screenplay it was based on was still the same one, but Lord and Miller just did a lot of fucking improvising that got backs up, and it, and it, it's I don't know, it's it's fascinating to me that two can apparently be so different when based on the on the same screenplay, but you got these guys just fucking trying to get them to like riff on shit on the set and. You know, you could just imagine Kathleen Kennedy and um, fucking Lawrence Kasdan and whatnot having a shit fit at that. Like you're doing this on a Star Wars film. I it's just I don't know. There'll be a, there'll be more stories one day about this stuff. But fuck me, it would be amazing to see just a little bit of that footage to just see how much was actually different. It'll come out because um, I forget the name of the guy, but a, a guy's come out fairly recently and talked about. Um, what the Gareth Edwards stuff was um, that got cut in Rogue One. Um, so it all, uh, you know, and, and the difference that it made um, his sort of depart in the film. So it, it will come out, and I agree, it'll be, it'll be fascinating. Uh, what are you, Ian, Ian, on the, the film? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not shit as well. I mean, I, I, I certainly wouldn't go Geostorm. I, yeah, I, I think Touching Cloth is, is, is maybe harsh because I, I did overall enjoy my time with it. It's just, it's, um, I don't know, it, it does, it feels like a weirdly, it, it, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's the sum of its parts. Um, I mean, shit, we haven't even talked about Woody Harrelson. And, and it's because he's got this kind of nothing, two-dimensional Oh, he's a mentor, but he's a bit dodgy, and you know what? Yeah, he, he turns out to be properly dodgy. Great. <laughs> yeah. That covers it, doesn't it, really? Well, well thanks. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, you know I, so, but Chewie and Han, really fun. Yeah, I really liked that. You know, I quite... I quite Chewie's amazing. Chewie's amazing. I think that the guy who who plays Chewie, he didn't quite get it right in The Force, Force Awakens, um, but I think he gets it absolutely spot on here. There were times where I couldn't tell the difference between the work he was doing and the work Mayu was doing. Um, and, and for me, he is the best performer of the, of the film, hands down. Yeah, I like the, the developing dynamic between the two as well. You, you, if we're saying that you can't really see how Han Solo gets from this movie to the next movie, uh, to New Hope's original trilogy or whatever, um, you definitely can see like the developing relationship that... Chewie and Han have 
getting to that mm. point. Like the the fact that obviously they start off by subtitling him, and then just let essentially Han's reactions to what he's saying speak for it. It's I I really like the way they did that actually. It could have been done quite clumsily. Yeah. Also the first time. Also the first time they've subtitled yeah. Wookie. I, I did worry at that point. I thought, oh, are they aren't going to do this all the way through, are they? And then I like the fact that they very quickly yeah. just went, no, it was just a, it was an initial reaction kind of thing. And Han speaking Wookiee was just to kind of make Chewbacca go, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. Maybe he's an ally. And he didn't have him how, doing it through the rest of the film. How, how Han speaks Wookiee. How Han speaks Wookiee, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, go on then. <laughs> But that would have been irritating as fuck if they'd had that all the way through the film. Yeah. Him talking to Chewbacca in, in Wookiee. So, so where are you on it, Bex? You, you're oh, definitely, definitely not sure, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I, I, I'm definitely not sure as well. Um, I, I, I had a, a good time with it. Certainly. I like the score as well. I like the score as well, I'll say. I thought, I thought John Powell did, a, uh, did quite a nice um, nice job with the score. There was, um, there was some shit going on at the start that I really quite, quite liked in particular. But yeah. I don't know. I look. For, I, I kind of look forward to a rewatch of it. To, to be honest, like, I, I, yeah, I just think expectations checked and whatnot. I just have a fun yeah. couple of hours. Yeah, well, that, that, that's what, that, what I was kind of looking forward looking forward with it, um, and that's that's kind of what I got. So I, I, yeah, I had a good time with it. Well, our, our poll came out um, definitely not shit at sixty three percent. Touching cloth nineteen percent, shit sixteen percent, and geostorm two percent. I think the overwhelming kind of I think thing from that is people are saying, look, it's not a it's not shit, but it is very much a, a fine. I think you should yeah. stay there. It's fine. It, it's it's not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's maybe not the rip roaring fun um, romp that people were, were maybe hoping for, yeah. and and maybe a little bit kind of like expecting but was it, it it seems like this film was always going to either be terrible or this film yeah terrible or fine yeah I, I, I think because people have come up with their expectations for what Han Solo would be and have put Ford in that that yeah. idea to then do it outside of that it was like it was the thing that people all wished for and then when it started happening they went oh hang on a minute but we can't have Ford in it because he's old now yeah and that's that's the kind of it does seem like that was a a bit of a drama on it. So, Which is why I kind of think a Boba Fett movie there's less expectation on it because it's not a main character. Like if you went back and did a young Leia movie, she's too integral to the. She's already quite young in the start, aren't she? Wait, but in the same way they've done a young Han Solo, he's not that old in the start of it either. Yeah. It'd have to be like Leia. It'd have to be like Leia in yeah. kindergarten like, though. Like, she's Leia obviously potty like Leia potty she's training. On Alderaan. She's already involved with the resistance and stuff, isn't she, for instance, in A New Hope? Like, showing that people would... No, but I'm just saying there's more expectation on it because she is such an integral character. Whereas Boba Fett is is more of a side character. So you've got more room for development, you've got less expectation, and you've got... People are less invested. Boba Fett just looks really cool. The great thing with Fett is he's had a helmet on for... For most of most of the time, so you can basically get anyone you want to play um, yeah. Fett, um, and and you, you know you can make the character its own character, 
and that was ne- never going to be the, the case here. I, I heard somebody suggest that it depends where they put it in the timeline. If it's a um, an older Boba Fett, they couldn't do this. But I heard someone suggest um, give it to Taika Waititi. Um, the, ca- the characters, are, uh, not to direct all of them, uh, you know, to actually star as Boba Fett. Um, and, and, you know, maybe bring a little bit of humour to it. Because um, the character's always had a, a Kiwi heritage. Um, you, you know, it's been with Tamura Morrison um, playing it. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting suggestion. No, but I get what you're saying, Becky. It, it, that's something that's more of an open book. Yeah, definitely. There's less... There's, there's, less, there's less story there. There's less, well, there's there's less, less history. There's less references to get in as yeah. well, because, like the Kessel Run, the Golden Dice, all these kind of things that they've tried to go, hey look, wink wink, this is this is where that comes from. There isn't there isn't so much of that to have to pander to. Cool. Well Moving you, on. You, you've, 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 you've mentioned the dice. I'm, I'm no. going to, before you move on, I'm going to jump in and talk about two things that irritated it irritated me. Um, the, the golden dice irritated me highly. Um, because of course they, they were just hung as a joke from the Falcon in the in the original film. You know the fact that, that they had dice hanging above like you would in your old Ford Cortina in the seventies. Um, and then of course they made a big play of it by bringing it into the Last Jedi and making it this token that Luke um, gives to Leia at the end. Um, you, you know in his hologrammatic form, and then the dice disappear. Uh, as Kylo go, goes to touch the dice. So it, it sort of gave it this whole sort of significance within the saga. And then they, they bring it back here. And, of course, they're going to show the, the game of Sabacc um, that the, the Falcons uh, won in, but they don't use the dice in that game. Um, and, and, and for me, it's just putting sort of significant on significance on these dice that just isn't warranted at all. Um, it, it, I don't know, it just made me throw up a little bit in, in my mouth. Um, the, the other thing that, that made me do that was um, the opening crawl, because they said they weren't going to have opening crawls in these anthology films. We didn't get an opening crawl, but we still got opening text at the start. But, so what's the point? I know. I know. So, but then that, well, I suppose that's always been the case in the opening crawl. There are random words that are capitalised. Um, so that, but it, but it was more the if you're going to have text, just have an opening crawl. Don't have this other thing that's like an opening crawl, but not an opening crawl. Uh, and that really infuriated me from the off. That it caught, you know, it, it took me five minutes to calm down um, and start trying to enjoy the film. I've never noticed that in the original, in the in the sort of proper ones that it's got capitalised words because that really threw me when it came up on the screen and there was like random words yeah like reading the news of the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe have I got a copy of the opening crawl I'm just scanning around my room because I thought I had um, yeah no I, I believe there are words like Jedi that are capitalised I swear Galactic Empire is capitalised in one of them like, I think, it, I think it's names head. of things yeah I think it's Galactic Empire and it's Jedi <laughs> so um what have you guys been uh, watching uh this 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 week uh as your i guess steve we'll, we'll, we'll go with you um i've i've watched uh quite a bit i'm fortunate that i'm watching about six to seven films a week um so let's talk about some of the the interesting stuff on there um Friday night, um, 
it, it's the end of uh, it's half term week this week for me and usually at the end of a half term or a term um, we get together uh, and we have uh, a curry and then we, we go around to someone's house and we watch a film or a number of films depending on timing um, and it was t- uh, the term for folks to come to my house on, on Friday um, so I had I had the selection and I chose a film that I saw um, about six months ago for the first time and absolutely loved it. You know, I gave it a nine out of ten. Um, so, so I chose this um, just to see how my my friends took to it or not. I don't know whether any of you have seen it. It's a film called Fragment of Fear. Um, it's an, a 1970 film, and it's um, I suppose fairly close to uh, a Jallo. Um, it starts in uh, Pompeii in Naples. It's only there for about five to ten minutes, and then it's yeah, it switches to uh, England, so it's very much an English jallo, and and Hemmings is the star. It's a, about five years before he he did Deep Red, um, but he absolutely shines in it. He's absolutely fantastic. And um, basically, he's a reformed drug addict, um, and he goes to visit his aunt in Italy, and his aunt is a sort of WI style lady who does good works, and she's devoted her life to um, basically helping uh, lost causes and lost cases. And she set up a group, um, a, a group of sort of wealthy older people who assist her in that o- over the years. Um, the day after Hemmings goes to see her, she she's found dead, and so he then starts to try and track down the murderer. Um, what, he goes back to England to do some investigating about this organisation and who might have wanted to kill his aunt. And basically, he starts going down this. Um, rabbit hole where he's not getting any answers and at the same time as not getting any answers he's also being threatened um so an old woman on the train has a conversation with him and then reports him for for rape um even even though he didn't do anything of the sort um a fake policeman comes to his house and interviews him and then later he finds out he wasn't actually a policeman um he keeps getting phone calls um and and it's basically sending him into a bit of a spiral of madness um he's due to get married at the end of the week um and threats start to extend towards his fiance and he 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 has to sort of tread this delicate balance of people won't believe me because i'm an ex-junkie and do i want to put my wedding and my fiance uh, fiance in danger um when i really really want it want to expose he's got this nice backbone of i'm not going to let him get away with this i'm going to get to the bottom of the mystery um and it really is a a cracking film if you've never seen it before that's my list yeah that sounds great yeah Yeah. please don't um do you want me to keep going yeah uh watched another old film from around the same time 71 i think it is and again i won't try and do the italian title but it's called they have changed their face um and and it stars one of my favorite uh italian actors uh adolfo celli who you might know from one of the original bond films i think he was thunderball he was in yeah um, bad guy wasn't he yeah, yeah, he was the yeah. bad guy in that. Yeah. But he, he, he was basically a massive actor in in Italy from the sort of late 50s. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he, I presume he's dead now, but, he, you know, he, he's a big name uh, in Italian cinema. Um, and uh, it, he he doesn't, I mean, we don't see Charlie for, for a, quite a bit. We basically start with a, the employee of a car company um, and he gets invited up to see the vice president of the company who then takes him up to the president and then the president says he has to go and see the owner uh, and the owner is Chelly. Um, so he, he drives off to the owner's uh, sort of mountainside villa 
and he arrives in this little strange town where the townsfolk won't speak to him uh, or they're just really strange so he encounters a, a, a naked woman uh, wearing nothing but a coat um, who, who's acting in a really bizarre manner um, so you get this feel that, that everything's not quite right he goes to the um, uh, the, the villa of, of the owner and he, he meets uh, his secretary the, he, he doesn't meet the owner till later that evening and the secretary is very androgynous um, and it took me a while to figure out where I'd recognised her, her from she is uh, do you remember the actor in I'm going to drop Deep Red again here the, act, the actress in Deep Red who plays the um, plays a man even though that she's an actress yes. Yeah, so she plays the boyfriend of um, the guy whose mum is the murderer in Deep Red. Um, uh, and, you, you know, a, a lot of people might not have clocked on at the fact that that's a woman, not a, not a man. Um, it's just Argento playing the gender as he as he did a couple of times in, in his films. Um, but, yeah, so the, the secretary is played by the, this rather andro- androgynous-looking woman, um, and then the owner appears in, in the night time. Um, and the, the owner basically wants the uh, car company employer employee uh, to become one one of the owners of his companies, and it, it basically um, pans out that this this owner of the car company basically owns a lot of the companies, and it, he's basically a vampire. Um, now, what I've not told you is that that's pretty much signposted because he's called Nosferatu. Um, but it, but it's basically a vampire tale for the 70s. Um, someone at that time thought of it as an update on the vampire mythology. Now it just looks old because it's sort of 30 to 40 years old. But the, the twist is, I mean, it's called They Have Changed Their Face. The they is the vampires and the change their face is that the vampires have become capitalists. Uh, and they want to um, basically suck people dry in, in more ways than one. Um, but again, it, it's a nice slow burn old horror um that's got quite a lot going for it in in terms of weirdness if you can get past that obvious you you know after about 10 minutes clicking this is obviously what it's going to be cool that's good that's another interesting one that one Hmm. what what else you've been watching this dave uh go on i'll do do one more um and I'm going to go, I, I won't go for that one. I'll go for um, something that ties in with what I'm doing this year. I don't know if you've sort of followed me uh, on Twitter with this, but basically me and the wife are watching every single um, theatrical animated Disney feature this year in chronological order. Um, start, starting with Snow White, going all the way through up until, God, I, I, I'd struggle to think um, what the last film was. Help me out, Moana will be the last one. Um, so yeah, the, the wife is an absolute Disney. Um, I like Disney, you know, I, I can I can get with it, um, but it's a bit of a concession in that obviously I have my Star Wars thing, she, she has a D- Disney thing. Uh, but yeah, we made a decision. I, I've watched all of the films before. There's not one I've, I've not seen before, um, but to watch them in um, chronological order has been quite eye-opening in terms of the change in styles of direction and definitely the change in, in animation is is you, you can see that really strongly you can see the films more as as patches of styles of animation that that, that change slowly um so the the one we're up to i think is number 25 or number 26 which was the black cauldron um which is probably oh, okay. one of the, probably one of the weirdest disney's um it, in that it's got a very different animation style um i think it was at the time where don bluth left disney and took a lot of his animators with him um, to set up the rival 
animation company. And I think this was, uh, I think, one of the last films that a lot of the people who um, were involved in the the animation were with that. I also believe, I think it was one of the couple of films that Tim Burton worked on uh, as an animator. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a it's definitely a stranger Disney. It, it sort of follows a um, a sort of a fantasy uh, storyline, a, a little bit like I suppose uh, Willow does, tying it into the, the fact we're on a, a Star Wars episode. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a darker Disney. Uh, there's a carried up a character that looks a, a little bit like uh, Skeletor, who's a bit a bit frightening, a horned king. Um, and and there's 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 magic. There's there's death. Um, it, it hardly has any songs in at all, so it's not the uh, jolly, bouncy Disney stuff that you usually get. And there's definite points at which characters are in uh, real danger and you don't know whether they're going to get out of. Um, it's not my favourite. I'm also ranking them as, as we watch them, and it is right down the low end for me. Um, but it's definitely uh, an interesting film if you've not seen it before. Yeah, it's one I've seen before, actually. It looks quite, it looks quite interesting. It doesn't even look yeah there's about two or three films around this time that don't yeah. look like disney in terms of the animation um i think the next the, the next one is basil the great mouse detective and then there's oliver and company yeah. after that um and the, uh, the fox and the hound before it um they, they've all got a slightly different animation style to say 101 dalmatians which which is you know, sort of the big name that, that came about five yeah, films before. Very sort of classic Disney looking in it anyway, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It has its fans, you know, it has its real portion of fans who hold it highly. Um, but it, it, it is really quite an oddity, I think, in, in the, the Disney canon. Oh, interesting. I'll give that a watch. Cool. Um... Give us what you've been watching. Okay, well, I'll do the one that I watched on my own, yeah. and then we'll do the one that we watched together. Yeah. Um, as we said before, it's not long since we recorded the retro review for yeah. Stand By Me, so there's not an awful lot in there. Um, but I did, when I couldn't sleep the other night, find The Cell was on Amazon Prime, so I decided to give that a rewatch because. It's one of those films that I always badger to rewatch, and you don't really like it, do you? It's not that I don't like it. I think it's very much style over substance, and the problem is the, the the style. I've seen it enough times. It's so very good looking, though. It is a very good looking. Film. Yeah, it is. It is more of a look at these scenes, aren't they pretty? Kind of movie. It's, the the story itself is is very derivative. Um, I'm assuming most people have seen it, but just as kind of a a brief rundown um jenny from the block works in a treatment center for that seems to only be treating one patient um trying to essentially she implants her psyche into the psyche of the patient and then tries to give them therapy while she's in there to coax them out of the coma that they're in um it's some kind of viral schizophrenia, I think, that, that they're suffering from, and she's trying to get them to beat the the bad element of their personality, um, and which would essentially allow them to wake up. Um, there's also, alongside this, there's some murders going on. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, I didn't even realise that was Vincent D'Onofrio until I was looking watching the other day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is basically 
kidnapping girls, putting them in a um, glass cell that very slowly and torturously fills up with water and drowns them. He then bleaches them and suspends himself from hooks while doing very rude things to himself above them. Um, he then he captures a girl um, and puts her in the automated tank thing and then has an episode relating to this same sort of viral schizophrenia as the little boy that Jenny from the block is treating um, and they go to her to ask her to do the same with him as she does the little boy, go inside his mind, try and find out where the um, cell is with this girl in because it's automated if she's just left she'll eventually drown within about 40 hours. That's why it's called the cell. Always baffle me that one. Really? Yep. Anyway, so um, when she gets into his mind, obviously he's a serial killer, so it's not a particularly nice mind for her to be in. Um, and that's when that's where all the pretty imagery starts to come into play. It's, yeah. it's all very, very sort of stylized fantasy stuff. The um, like a gothic lawnmower man. Yes, very much like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so obviously in his in his head with the girls that he's been sort of kidnapping and, and sort of killing and doing stuff with in the real world, he thinks that he's making essentially like these perfect dolls. Um, when she actually goes into his head, they are... Because you, you can't do that in real life. In his head, he has. He's managed to do it, and they're all, like, bound or, and, like, set up on podiums, and there's a strong woman one. and um, Yeah, basically she has to kind of navigate that um, Vince Vaughn's in it, um, been less annoying than he usually is, which is good. Um, he goes in there as well and saves her. It's there's not really a huge amount to say about it because it is very much style over substance. But it's a film that I just love rewatching because I like looking at it. Fair play. And once you know the story, and it's a very simple story, you can just sort of drink all that imagery in. So yeah, but I do like. He's not Tarsam Singh anymore, is he? He's just Tarsam. Tarsam, though, yeah. Um, but I think he's talking about Tarsam Singh now, actually. Have they? I think he did come back for Tarsam Singh for Selfless. Right. See, I, I like I like his movies. I, I like Selfless. Um, that's a bit more of a sort of... Director now, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a bit more of a, a, a straight movie, isn't it, really, in comparison yeah. to some of his work. But Mirror Mirror is very good-looking. The Fall is very good-looking. I don't think I've seen Immortals, or if I have, I don't remember it, but... You can very much tell when you're watching it that he, he cut his teeth making music videos. Mm. It is basically a really, really long movie, music video with a bit of narrative. So, but yeah, I do, I do love it. I rewatch it as often as it pops into my head to rewatch it. It is just one of those films for me. Cool. No criticism. What? I know you hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah, you do. I do not hate it. Every time I suggest it, you're like, oh no. Yeah. Um, and then the other film that we that we've both watched is Get Out. Did a rewatch of that. Um, there will be literally nobody listening to this that doesn't know the story of Get Out because it was massive last year. But mm. I really, really, really enjoyed it on rewatch. I enjoyed it when we first watched it, but I think there's that that the whole hype surrounding it. It was 
again, I, I find I find hype distracting and it colours my opinions of a movie. Yeah. And as much as I enjoyed it and thought it was a really good film when I watched it last year, I, I enjoyed it much, much more on rewatch. Well, we spoke about this quite a lot, didn't we, Ian, about the, the whole, the fact that we both really liked Get Out, but that the hype kind of almost got in the way of it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you, did you rewatch it quite recently, Ian? Um, sure you did. Um... Yeah, it was a few months back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's tough to say. It's not a best picture nomination. Well, that's it. I. I, I it's not. On, on rewatch, <laughs> I. This is where me and uh, Becky differ on this. Is I like I really like it on rewatch, but I do think that there's a disconnect for the last ten minutes from the rest of the movie, where it it stops being as smart as it was and just starts being a more straight up kind of horror film to be fair I get, I get the sense. I mean, like, I, the, there's an alternative ending on the on the iTunes extras, and the, uh, Jordan Peele does some commentary over it, and he's he's talking about how it almost you get the impression that his preferred ending was the alternative ending, which is a, a very different ending. Um, but that people kind of needed a bit of a release yeah. after what had come before. So I I I I think I take to be honest, I think I take his point there. Um, but I, yeah, I do think it is a bit, it is a bit too much of a 90 degree turn. Um, but then, I mean, like just that, that release when the person who turns up at the end turns up is great. And, you know, that, that is, I, I, you know, the ending is strong and is a relief, I, I suppose, but yeah, again, I, it, like that film just caught a fucking wave, and I mean, good on Jordan Peele for all the success he had with it. But as we've said before on the show, fuck knows how he follows that up. Yeah. You do not want to be that next movie. Do you not feel like the alternate ending would have felt a bit heavy-handed though? Have you seen? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh right, okay. Um. No, I mean, I, I, I thought. I mean, okay, so. I'll just I'll just say essentially what it is. Um, it's essentially that it, it, it's not his mate rolling up. Um, he basically gets sent to jail, and his mate is like they're basically uh, having visiting time with him, and he's like talking about fight, like fighting it and whatnot. And it, it, he's just and the guy's just like you know don't I ended it. That's all that matters. And then it kind of ends there. So it's still kind of, it is still kind kind of triumphant. But at, at, but at the same time, it, it's it's almost more grounded in reality as well because it is just like, well, shit. If you did, if you are a black guy going into this community and doing all this shit, if you got caught, yeah, you'd be going to jail, and there's no fucking way you'd be able to get out because that's how society is set up. That 
you know, he's not going to be listened to. Um, I, I, you know, but what's the what's the more cathartic ending, that or his mate rolls up? And, you know, it just kind of like gives him a bit of shit and then the film ends. You know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll watch Get Out again soon. I'm pissed off because I watched it on iTunes just before they they made it 4K. (laughs) It really bothers me now. Rewatching stuff on iTunes and thinking as soon as I watch this, they're going to do a fucking 4K HDR version of it. (laughs) Uh, so Ian, what have you been watching then? Because I'm, I'm desperate to hear about um, Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock fucking Gnomes. <laughs> Let's get this done. Let's get this done. So you know how everybody wanted a scene called Romeo and Juliet. Um, Elton John did apparently. Um, so it's Elton John's production company that makes these films. I don't think they make anything else. They just make CG gnome films. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anyone's exactly. got a weird fucking um, gnome fetish, it's going to be Elton John. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but this time, along for the ride, is, in, in the words of Becky last week, puppy-faced alcoholic Johnny Depp. Which was wonderful, by the way. Uh, uh, who, who is Sherlock Gnomes, uh, along with Juatel Ejiofor, who is Watson. Um... Uh, you know, so what is it this time? The gnomes moved to London. Um, there's some sort of evil force kidnapping gnomes. A little bit like fucking Elton John decided that he was going to take up cocaine again. Did a shitload of blow. And then, and then sat there with David and went, I'm a fucking brilliant idea. Short arms, but they're fucking gnomes. Right? And he's. Wait a minute. I need to I need to go back to the mirror again. He's fucking doing that! <laughs> and Watson! He's that guy! It was at a party that we were at recently. He was fantastic. He's hey. got a decent cast, actually, hasn't it? He's got a decent voice cast. Yes. Carry on here, sorry. It, it, that, that's the... Yeah, I mean, no, but no, you're right, Becky. I mean, yeah, you got then you got James McAvoy and Emily Blunt and like Matt Lucas and um, uh, Ashley Jensen. You know, it, it's it, it is a good little cast. Um, Ozzy Osbourne. Fucking hang on. Yeah, Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy. Osbourne is a garden ornament, and I can't. He's not a gnome though. What the fuck is he? Is he a fawn? Is he a deer? Yeah, he's a yeah, he's fawn. He's yeah, he's totally a deer. He's totally a deer. And fucking not Juliet's dad's voiced by someone famous as well. Who the fuck is it? I think it might be. Lord Redbrick. Yeah. 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 Michael Caine's in this fucking film as a gnome. Um. And it, yeah. The thing is, right? Lottie didn't go for a piss once, which is a, a fucking miracle. And she was really into it, and she hasn't seen Romeo and Juliet. Um, and she was really, really into it. She wanted to. She really wanted to find out what was going to happen. And you know, when all the, I mean, the, the fucking plot machinations in this thing are fucking mental. Um, but the, the, the gnomes all get like 
stuck together on like big blobs of chewing gum and she really really wanted them to get out of the chewing gum like quite passionately I mean there was four people in the cinema total and she was fucking screaming at the screen and it was like you fucking do it kid it's fine do it um but yeah Johnny Depp's Sherlock Gnomes it, 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 I mean, like, it just that kind of feels like all that that that's as much most as much of a joke as they got. It's like, yeah. Me if I'm wrong, but is he less annoying if you can't see his face? Yeah, I mean, he's just he's doing his fucking English accent thing, but less drunk. Even though he probably was really drunk. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. It just it it. It seems like it's flopped pretty badly, and that's because nobody fucking asked for a sequel to Nomeo and Juliet. To probably cost more than the first one did. Um, yeah, because when the first one, sorry, seventy million. Fucking hell! Sixty. 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 Yeah, I don't know. It's. It's Sherlock Gnomes. That's that's all there is to it, really. Um, so, so where'd you go with the third film? What what else can you make into uh, a word with gnomin? Gnomeo and Juliet. Sherlock Gnomes. Gnome alone. Gnome alone. That's all I got. Gnome wood bound. Definitely. The thing um, is, though, at the end of the day, it's aimed at people like Lottie, and if Lottie loved it, then that's really, you know, that's really all it needs to do. No, that's it. No, that's it. I didn't find it aggressively shit. I mean, like, to be fair, we we were going to go and see Show Dogs this weekend. Have, have, you, have you guys heard of the fucking bizarre controversy about that fucking film? What now? Right. I need... No, 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 no. Like, seriously... Donna got wind of this, and she was like, yeah, no, don't take her to see it. Um, I, 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 must, I, I, I must just get an article that will put this in words. Right, here we go. So CNN. Show Dogs, the children's film that this week was criticised by an advocacy group over scenes that it said promoting, uh, promoted an inappropriate and harmful message about sexual abuse will undergo edits to remove the objectionable content. Um, where's the, the stuff? The National Centre on Sexual Exploitation took aim at Show Dogs because it claimed certain scenes normalised unwanted genital touching to its child audience. The organisation added that the film about a Rottweiler police dog who tries to infiltrate the world of dog shows sent a troubling message that grooms children for sexual assault. Basically, what happens in the film... Is, is this Rottweiler going undercover, and it has to have its bits felt by, like, the judges or something. And apparently it's a part of dog shows, like, an actual part of dog shows. But the... But the dog is basically told, keep quiet, yes, it's uncomfortable, but keep quiet, and essentially at the end you'll reach your goal. And it does, yeah, children's, yeah, so a quote here, from some fucking person, 
children's movies must be held to a higher standard and must teach children bodily autonomy, the ability to say no, and safety, not confusing messages endorsing unwanted genital touching. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, so they've, they've like, there's a, they've, the distributor in the US has had to, like, basically pull the film re-edit it and then re-release it even when it fucking bombed after it came out in the opening weekend i haven't heard of this happening in the uk so as it is for the moment show dogs won't have our money i'm i'm not unhappy about that but it's unwanted unwanted just you you would think nowadays that they'd they'd show the show these films to to representative strong groups before they release them just so that they could pick up on this shit that that you or I or they perhaps might not think of, but people with sort of specific focuses would pick up up on. It's like, was there not a thing about asthma? Yeah, the Peter Rabbit film um, that that perhaps could have been picked up beforehand as well. Oh, he fucking... Mr. McGregor, at one point, um, he's allergic to fucking blueberries or something, and... Uh, they, Peter Rabbit and his friends basically force feed him or like secret, I can't remember now, I watched the fucking film but I can't remember now, Lottie had four pisses during <laughs> Peter Rabbit so I barely remember any of it but um, he gets like force fed blueberries and then basically goes into anaphylactic shock um, and it like literally the weekend it came out Sony had to put a statement out going basically shit, yeah, alright then Fair enough. We're sorry if we offended anyone. Um, our bad, basically. And it was just like you say, Steve. It's just like, do they not actually screen these fucking films? To yeah, yeah. But then again, if you're not screening it to the people who are gonna be offended, then you know this one. It was like, who knows who the fuck they showed show dogs to? But it maybe maybe it's people who don't necessarily think that a film about a dog getting its balls cupped and whatnot immediately means that kids are going to be groomed for sexual abuse. I mean, fair, obviously it is a tactic that groomers will apparently, like the whole kind of like the not being, not saying no thing and being rewarded if you don't say anything. Like, totally, that sounds like something people grooming kids would, would probably do. But if... In the light of the fact that this dogs actually go through that in a real life thing, mm. I don't know. Maybe just like maybe the writers just thought that the dog having its fucking bun felt would would be funny for kids, and kids probably would think that's funny because they they don't know there's anything like potentially behind that in society. But showing it actually being on it's it's complicated. Suck it off essentially. No, no. I mean that 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 that's it. But it's just I don't know. It's like I believe that literally they could have gone through this not quite connecting the dots. You know, you know. I mean, and 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 that's the thing. And yes, all right, it comes out. They, the, the, the dots are dots are connected. Fair enough. They've apologised. They're going to re-edit the film. I think that's uh, probably enough. Is enough there? Leave it there. You know, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it's a weird one, but literally Donna was just like, it's the first time she's 
because I'm pretty sensible with what I take lots too. And it was the first time she was like, I'd, I'd really rather you didn't take her to see that. It's, you know, reading up on it, it's like, yeah, all right, then, fair enough. I mean, she'd have some fucking questions after. And she'd probably have some questions during it. And what would I say? It's just like, uh, be like, shut up and watch the film. You know, and then what kind of a message am I sending? Yeah. Apart from good cinema etiquette. <laughs> so, so it so it appears there's dog grooming and dog grooming. Um, yeah, yeah, let's just leave it there, shall we? That feels like a, a, a weird place to end it. Are you going to get along um, with this Christopher oh, Robin movie? In? Oh, I tell you what. Oh, I tell you what. I'm going to have to drag her. I, I think she's going to say it's boring, and I'm going to be crying. You want to see it? Oh my, yeah. Well, my, yeah, of course I, I fucking do. I fucking love that. So creepy. So creepy. Oh. Really, the poo looks so oh. creepy in it, and it's pretty creepy anyway. Oh, but Eeyore. Oh, but Eeyore looks like the saddest fucking Eeyore there's ever been, though. He looks amazing. I like Eeyore. I'm, no, I'm fucking, oh, between Christopher Robin and Mary Poppins Returns, Lottie's going to be very bored, and I'm going to be in fucking flood. <laughs> Different kind of flood. It's going to... Does she like Mary Poppins? Confused floods, Mark. Confused floods, Mark. Um, uh, no. Um, I don't. No. I mean, I, to be fair, I tried it on her. She got like ten minutes in. She was like, "Daddy, this is boring." Um, so, you know, it, it's hard to keep her attention sometimes. Even though we did actually, like yesterday, we got through the whole of this. The first Sky Cinema original film. You know, they they brought us the Hurricane Heist, um, and uh, they did Monster Family. Uh, yeah, so uh, Lots and I watched that yesterday That's afternoon. Right. It's weird. Dracula, it's Dracula trying to fucking steal this mum from a family. Because he has a, he has a, he has a random phone comp. It's weird, actually. So it starts off, Dracula's like in his castle and alone, like lonely. And this woman calls his mobile. And she was trying to get through to a fancy dress shop, but somehow got through to Dracula. As you do. Which was... Yeah, they never... Yeah, they never did explain that. Um, and he really likes the sound of a voice and whatnot. And then he basically tracks her down, has her turned into a vampire, and has her the family dressed up in Halloween costumes, and they all get turned into things by accident. Um, and then Dracula, voiced by Jason Isaacs, spend, spends an hour and a half basically trying to have an affair with this woman. <laughs> It's really, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It was really odd. Um, and the thing is, though, Lots was properly like she was scared it straight away. She was like, she's already a wife. She can't be another wife. She can only have one husband. And she got very upset at all the like Dracula trying to like, like basically psychologically damage her. Um, and it was, I don't know. It was, yeah. It was, it was fucking weird. It was one so of those films that basically looks like. No, well, yeah, quite. <laughs> no, well, yeah, quite. I don't know. It, it looks like one of those films that was like animated by some sort of like Hungarian fucking. I think it was the, I think it was the, the... Mexican team behind the Top Cat movies. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, that that makes sense. Just because like it all looks like horrifically dubbed. Like, uh, Dracula's singing It's Not Unusual at the start for some reason. Um, and the mouth movements are just... No. No. And then it just carries on all the way through. 
Um, so yeah, Monster Family. Um, if you like films about Dracula trying to steal women, but in cartoon form, then give it a go. Five stars. Parents first and go. Anything troubling in there? No, I don't think they should. Well, yes, they should. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, like, look, I don't know. Lots took the right message away from it. You know, it's like it's not good to try and. I'm an affair with a married woman. Which is I, I, you a know, I fucking just... thing for a kids movie to tell you. Movie, yeah, it just feels like that's maybe not something that needs yeah. to be addressed at that age for them. No, but you know. No, no, but I, I, I don't know. It was bright and colourful, <laughs> and the werewolf boy was jumping about all over the place, and the mummy girl was doing some fun stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it just it it was odd, like. The, the fucking weird rabbit hole of low-budget animated kids' films, man. Like, it's... Uh, anyway, Monster Family. There you go. Any other ones? Fuck, I... Well, it's getting on now, innit? Let's just, let's just leave it there. Oh, have you watched anything? I'll just get out, mate. Um... I've, I've, I've not been very well uh, the past few days, so uh, I've kind of, like, been... On a low thing and go to bed quite early. <laughs> You've got a poly tummy, haven't you? I have a poly tummy, yes, yeah. which we decided is probably to do with too much dairy. It's because he's got, whenever the sun comes out, he gets addicted to you know the Starbucks iced lattes you can get in the little carton. Oh like yeah. I had a look in the back of our car the other day and there's like eighty thousand empty ones that he's just tried to hide <laughs> like badly. Two. There's like eighty thousand. Maybe three. <laughs> um, <laughs> questions. Uh, Rick Kid at Rick J Kid. Uh, outside the existing cinematic universes, i.e., DC, Marvel, Star Wars, which character would you like to see an original film of? Who would star and who would direct? Do, I don't get the question. Does he mean out of those three franchises, or does he mean. Which is outside of the existing cinematic universes? Like new ones. Right. So like, like, a, like a new one. So it's like a new. You could have the origin story of Hans Gruber. I'd watch that. And directed by no, Werner Herzog. Yeah, I'd watch the fuck out. I'd watch the fuck Sorry, out. Of that. By Werner Herzog. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd definitely watch that. That. <laughs> <laughs> Who's starring? <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. I can't have all the rooms he's dead. Oh. Um. Barrel Oh no, his face is troubling. <laughs> Go on then. This place is Played by that girl that does the Lionel Richie video. <laughs> hello video. The hello video. Yeah. Someone has made. It's a good job Lionel fucking Richie's blind in that video, isn't it? Because he'd be pissed. He would be well pissed off. Yeah. He's not blind. She's blind. Oh. She blind. Oh, cause. Stop not knowing who's blind. We had this with Blade Runner the other day. Ooh, yeah, which Mark, yeah, which Mark? By the way, mate, I can't believe you didn't fucking pick up on the fact <laughs> he was blind. It? Staggering. So anyway, <laughs> the question. Um, I was going um, to say Bubbles, like Michael Jackson's best mate, and then remembered that Taika Waititi is doing some sort of fucking Bubbles films. Oh, Never fucking mind. Um, Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's some animated thing he's doing with Sony. Um, I'm not making that up. At least I fucking actually, I might just make sure I didn't just drop that. Um, Steve, have you got over this one? I'm not. I'm still not sure. 
I'm not. I'm still not sure I understand the question. Uh, so any um, non DC, any non DC or Marvel or Star Wars character that's in a film that you'd like to see like a spin off of. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go really, um, really left field, and I'm sure I'm, I might still not be answering the question here, but but I suppose there was a film featuring him. Do you, do you remember the old um, cartoon books um, that were the Asterix series? Um, there has been an Asterix yeah, film. I think uh, Gerard Depardieu uh, did it. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see someone make an Asterix film or start making some of the Asterix books or trying to make them as films. A lot of the, uh, there, was, there was quite a few animated ones, wasn't there? Um, yes. There was a series. Yes. There was a series and there's a couple of animated movies that were actually really quite entertaining. I like Asterix. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely get behind that. Uh, certainly, I would have liked to have always seen the um, Tarantino when he wanted to do the the Vega Brothers um, mm. movie with Michael Madsen and, and John Travolta, but Travolta went full Travolta and decided that he didn't need what is it? Apparently, he literally went, when they were going to possibly start doing that and getting into it, he decided to make Battlefield Earth instead. Interesting. Yeah. Well, no. I'm going to go completely in a different direction I, and maintain that it still counts, it's still a character. I just really want to see the fucking Last of Us movie. It's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen at some point. <laughs> I need to know. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It, that would be good. Good casting, that. Yeah. Josh Brolin could do it. He does everything else. Josh Brolin does everything else, yeah, he might as well do that. Ian, have you got one? Um. um Oh, thinking about casting for the Last of Us <laughs> film now. <laughs> Fuck. Um, try and get my head off, off of that. No, that's Have all you good. Seen the trailer um, the new game? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think I'll probably just watch somebody play it on YouTube. <laughs> so, Becky. <laughs> yeah, you can watch me play it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That'll do. Um, yeah, we'll 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 see on that. We'll see on that. Um. Fuck. I had something in my fucking head as well, and I've completely forgotten it. Never mind. Never mind. No, Shit. No, I feel bad now. I've got to come up with an answer. I've got to come up with an answer. Fuck. Who the fuck was I thinking? Oh, this is really frustrating. <laughs> well, our next question. But that's while gone. you're thinking of that. Is, yeah. All uh, right. From uh, at Jetton. Sorry, Rick. Get some fan on Twitter saying, "What is your favourite Ron Howard film?" Rush. Rush. Is it Rush? Snap. Snap. So it's not the dilemma. Fucking. So it's not the dilemma. I don't think I've seen the dilemma. You haven't seen the dilemma with um, with Vince Vaughn and Kevin James in it. Am I not? No, maybe I have. It's also got Channing Tatum. No, do you know what? No, I have. Is one owner rider in it as well? Yeah, I think I have actually, but no, (laughs) rush. It's a fair answer. Uh, Backdraft for me. Oh, you love that, don't you? I really do. We like Backdraft, yeah. That's a good shout. Sorry, I'm just looking. I don't think I've seen an awful lot. Of course, Inferno is up there. 
Fucking infer. I want. I want to. Oh, what was that? Oh, Splash is a good shout. What are you going to say, there, Ian? Inferno. Inferno. I want to rewatch Inferno at some point. I'm pretty sure that fucking that fucking film. I liked that film. Oh. Oh my. Um. It's just Ron Howard trying to be edgy. Like it's just like no, don't, don't, but don't, 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 just don't. Um. I think Inferno might be the most owned and least watched film because they gave it away um, as a as a 4K film with um, Sony players, didn't they? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and I reckon loads of people have just put it on their their shelf and not watched it. <laughs> There'll be shit loads of versions of it on eBay. Is that worth? Yeah. Well, I, I tried to sell mine and it wasn't worth it because it, the market was just absolutely flooded with them. Um, Right, uh, Steve Dixon uh, at The Great SD. If you could plan your perfect movie night, what would it be? For example, where would you watch? With who? What film or films? What foods or drinks would be consumed? Uh, he says, love the show and keep up the good work. Uh, and of course, welcome back here. You can fuck right off with the food. You can fuck right off with the food. Yeah, right yeah, you can do while you're the film. Um, nice coffee. If we like, what would be perfect? Remove the food, impre- replace the food with like a colostomy bag, um, and then just have like a really, really big coffee. Um, don't really mind where. I'd need me some Dolby Atmos. That's one thing the Apple TV fucking needs. Uh, incidentally, um, fucking. I mean, a big screen would be good. I mean, well, we're talking ideal, though, aren't we? I'll tell you what, the watershed in Bristol, screen one of the watershed in Bristol, but as long as they've got a good sound system, it's been a number of years, really, really fucking lovely seats in there. Very chill atmosphere. Small, but the script, like, small amount of seats feels intimate, but the screen's nice and big. Um... Yeah, yeah, that would do for me. But yeah, you can fuck right off with the food, Steve. Like you've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself there. Steve, what's your answer on that one? It, I think I'm someone who can say I think I've actually experienced my ideal. Um, in 2012, at the Star Wars Celebration Europe in Essen in Germany, they did an outdoor screening of Return of the Jedi where probably I would I would estimate over a thousand Star Wars fans, in, including um, sort of our podcast family, were, were all there. And we watched uh, Return of the Jedi basically in the, in the middle of a German forest um, with a massive jumbotron screen that was on the side of, of three giant lorries at the front. Um, and we were sat right next to the, um, the German, one of the German beer vendors at the side. Um, so, so seeing a film a outdoors, uh, be a Star Wars film, see with some some of um, some great friends that I only meet every, every year or two years, uh, right next to 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 a beer van, um, it just all all tied in and made a, a truly magnificent evening. If I could replicate it, I would. What's what's your aspect? Well, Sounds I'm great. Go ahead and sound like a real sad bastard here. Go on then, because mine's gonna sound sadder than yours. I guarantee you. Well, yours is probably going to be you're 11 years old again and go to the cinema on your own every week, but... Um, I'm sad, I'm a different kind of sad, but, you know. 
Um, at home with you. Aww. Aww. Um, Am I naked? Really... <laughs> you have to lower the tone all the time. I think the answer was a yes. At home with you, naked. The film doesn't really matter, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have to shoot for a film, it'd have to be one of my top ten. I just I imagine him just like Jeff Goldblum in that bit where in Jurassic Park where he's fucking laid down, he's just got the fucking chest out. Uh, with a very thin silk dressing gown. Yeah. You don't have to imagine that, Ian. That's how what, it, what to, it is. Silk dressing gown. That's good. I'll take a picture. Um, 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 watching Blade Runner. Ah, good choice. All right. Fair play. Uh, mine. Um... <laughs> I'm guessing this is going to be less sappy. Yeah. It, well, it's a completely different way. Mine in Sylvester Stallone's screening room that he's got, that he once posted a picture of on Instagram, uh, that is also his editing room, watching First Blood with Sylvester Stallone and me going, this bit's good, isn't it? Constantly, constantly asking him questions. While, Did that bit really hurt? While, while he's there just going, Did he win like a competition? Has he really got cancer? With me going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a Make-A-Wish Foundation kind of scenario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of cancer, which like toes, balls, ears, just fuck it. This bit here, I've read that. <laughs> I'd seen if I can get to the end of the movie before he's kicked me out. I doubt it. Yeah. I very much doubt it, but that would be that would be my dream one. Um, yes. Uh, would, uh, you naked, would you be, would you be naked, yes. Mark? In Probably. that silk dressing gown. Probably. Yeah, the, the cancer really affects all my nerve endings, so I have to be completely bollock naked. And so do you. <laughs> you make it weird now. Possibly. I'd make it weird, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd make it weird if I ever met Sylvester Stallone, because I'd just start crying. Yeah. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> it's really embarrassing for everybody but me. It would be embarrassing for you. Is he not an Everton fan? He's a massive Everton fan. He's a blue that, nose. Would that would that not make things no, weird? I'd, 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 I'd ignore that. I'd let him off. You know, he's suffered enough. You could try and convert him. I won't do that. No. no. I'd, I'd use my extensive knowledge of, of the bitters to, um, to to just kind of like pretend for a second. <laughs> would you really? No. no. Couldn't do that. But undercover is an event. No, I, 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 I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> What's your best viewing experience? Just going back to what Steve was saying. My best viewing experience yeah. ever of a film. Um, or otherwise, because I know what mine is and it's not a film. What's yours? Um, the Twin Peaks festival that we went to. That was, yeah, that was pretty incredible, yeah. Um, Airbeds, unlimited coffee, art installations and just a fuck ton of Twin Peaks to watch. Yeah, that was pretty damn good. That would be up there with mine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah cool. Um, right, I think that's about it for the show on this one. Oh, I'm kind of sad it's over. I know, but we can do it all over again next week. Yeah! Do it again uh, next what, week, what, yeah. What are we recording next week? What are we covering next week? So, uh, the Spock so, uh, all out in UK oh, cinemas. Uh, However, uh, Martin the Freeman Martin Freeman zombie, zombie Australian cargo. thing, yeah. Cargo, uh, which is on Netflix now, looks interesting. Uh, we're thinking we're going to give yeah. that a watch. Um, Nice. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. We have got a bit of Jurassic World the, the week after and whatnot, and I think it all, you know, I think it kind of starts ramping up a bit from there. You got that Hereditary, the Tony Collette film, the week after Jurassic World. So 
uh, you know, it, it will start warming up again, I think. Um, yeah, so cargo next week. Right, well, thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much, Steve, for joining us. Um, we, uh, I was going to say we'll, we'll speak to you in 18 months' time, but I think we might get you on for a non-Star Wars movie, if that's <laughs> all right, at some point in between then, because it just seems like... Yeah, we, we really should. To kind of just go, right, well, we're going to put you in the Star Wars corner for the next 18 months, and then we'll come back to it then. Are there any other franchises you're particularly passionate about? Well, like I say, the Disney's there, but I don't go to the cinema as much as you guys, but I'd be more than willing to to come on and do a film. Always a pleasure to... To come on the show. Um. Um, so yeah, so that was that was it. Um, so uh, at TGP seventy three, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, at Bexy Foz, at Dude the Monkey. Um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to do some stuff on there. And check out our new Instagram. And it's brand out. new. And there's only four posts on it at the moment, but there will be more. The Instagram Yay. post is what that. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, guys, and we shall speak to you next week. Never saying what I wanted, saying what I needed. I pushed you to the edge. Never knowing what I wanted, knowing what I needed you to say. Reflections you used to see. Never look unlike to me.